clearly. Hello and welcome to Midweek Gaming. We're back once again. Hope you're all doing well. Welcome, Matt Barnes. Welcome, Patuco. Welcome, Assassin Looper. Welcome, Killer Crow. Thanks for stopping by. Already heard in the chat. If you want to check out a gaming website, uh, an independent one, uh, go to www.bg4ghub.com. It uh, provides independent reviews, news, and opinion pieces. This week we've got the usual panel and we've got a guest, the Insipid Ghost from the Great Expansion Pass podcast. How are you doing? How are you, Luke? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. A lot of Xbox news happening today. That's kind of exciting. So uh, it's good to be here, man. Yeah, there is. Yeah, definitely. It always seems to drop on our shows normally, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like <laughs> like providing all this news today. What's going on today? But then they had Aaron Greenberg come out and said, uh, "Temp your expectations." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he did come out and he, he calmed us all down for sure. But uh, there's a lot to be excited about. I mean, they're announcing engagement numbers, new modes. I mean, it's, it's a not a bad week, all things considered, to be a gamer. No, it's definitely a good week. It is. It is. Welcome, Mr. Tushi. How are you doing? I'm doing brilliant. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm okay, already ready to me. go. Yeah, we could, have, we could have been playing Sea of Thieves, but, you know, <laughs> I'm getting hooked onto that game, you know. Sea of Thieves. Uh, sea of Thieves. It's really good. Everyone I'm, who's I'm, listening. I'm, 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 I'm a few years late to the party. Everyone who's listening, <laughs> we were just we was discussing, because uh, we've been playing Sea of Thieves quite a few nights this week. We said, oh, let, let's do one tomorrow night. It was like, yeah, it was planned the time to go. Hang on. We've got the uh, midweek gaming to do. We can't do it. <laughs> yeah, because VJ wasn't there. He, like, VJ was on Twitter wishing that we'd... We, I, I hope that they, they sink the ships. And Yeah, VJ, thanks for that. <laughs> Two ships sunk and all our treasure nicked. You're welcome. <laughs> we made about five grand, that was it, in three yeah. hours. It's fun though. <laughs> it was. Um, welcome, removal sanity. How are you doing? Uh, I can't complain. Um, new little location at the moment, so I apologise to anyone if I do drop out. I'm in the bottom of my garden, <laughs> so uh, so I can talk loud and hopefully talk more. But yes, thank you very much, Stubbs, for inviting me on again. It's always a pleasure, and it's uh, nice to see Luke as well. Welcome. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. I'm excited, man. It's a good, good crew, man. I, and I'm just excited to get to talk Xbox. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's definitely exciting. We have seems to have a nice little community here. We do over on this little little podcast, so people seem to like it. Do uh, welcome, VJ. How are you doing? The man that is on that many podcasts. It's unbelievable. Uh, I might have to give up the podcasting game for see if Thieves. <laughs> 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 he realised last night he didn't know what he's missing out on I know. <laughs> trust I'm me I'm... sorry go ahead. go ahead I'm surprised there isn't a podcast in CFC's channel because I can guarantee you'll probably be on that at some point yeah, yeah I think so yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you can just sit there on the Series X I don't know if, if Luke plays it but it's a C you sit there staring at the C it looks incredible <laughs> Oh gosh, Sea of Thieves is it is such a great game and it's gorgeous. It is gorgeous on a Series X. And and guys, I'll tell you, I just switched to an OLED TV. 
Oh my, Ooh. oh my, it's the real ocean in my living room. Wow. But it is definitely goodness. An OLED. Def- oh yeah. <laughs> I'll have one of them soon, hopefully. <laughs> you probably will. Welcome back from the dead. Welcome, Judzilla. Welcome, ACS Hooks. Husk, thanks for stopping by. Quite a few people here tonight. Hey, AC. Or today, depending or this evening, depending on what part of the world you you're from. It's 10 o'clock at night here in England. It is. And we are live on Twitch. So if you listen on to Twitch, hello. I thought I'd finally um, use Twitch. I've been affiliated for quite a long time. I just thought I might use it. See what happens. Right, let's get into the topics. Now, I haven't, obviously, I haven't dropped all the new news into the, into the podcast. Um because I will, we will get to some of it, but everyone else will be talking about it, you know. So we will go with. Let's have a look. Just go along. It's a bit of a. I don't know if anyone's a Forza fan here. Um. So the question is: Do you want a, a new Forza Motorsport or another Forza Horizon soon? And when do you want it to come out? Uh, but like, um, where, where would you like it to be themed? Insipid Ghost, would you like to go first on this one? Because I know there's been some leaks, there has, but certain fours again, there has. Sure, sure, yeah. I've heard a uh, rumor point, and that is that is with a capital R, and I have no inside sources. I'm not a journalist by any means. But I'd heard just kind of in the ether that it, w- it might be in Tokyo. Uh, and there is probably some credibility to that, uh, to, to a certain point in that, We've seen Forza Horizon take on drifting a little more in each game. I mean, Fortune Island in Forza Horizon 4, I believe it was, was centered around drifting. And it would make sense for to have that to- Tokyo aesthetic. It would certainly uh, make sense in an arcade sense because Forza Horizon is meant to be a bit more arcade than uh, the motorsport series. And uh, it would what perfect showcase to show off the the brilliant new graphics then to be in a cityscape but also be able to go out to japan's uh you know the outer rim of tokyo and, and see more of japan in terms of the hills and, and aesthetic there uh it'd be a brilliant visual backdrop to a, a wonderful racing franchise so when i when i saw that tokyo was the rumor as it were i w- was ecstatic because we, we were on this brilliant plane in in australia and going through sydney and then we we had this wonderful landscape in britain but if i'm being honest i'm really tired of britain um in terms of <laughs> so we we well, live here <laughs> <laughs> uh, present company yeah I, i'm tired of the uh, of that aesthetic i wanted something unique and different uh and so perhaps a modern driving aesthetic in tokyo would be interesting to see uh to say the least but Regardless of where it is, one thing that Forza Horizon has proven time in and time out is that they are a a wonderful racing franchise for people like myself who motorsports too complex, but I but it's just past arcadey enough that I can handle it uh, in Horizon and, and I, their games have all been brilliant. They've just all been brilliant, so I'm I'm there for whatever Playground puts out. Yeah, but it's definitely exciting. I, I I can't blame you. I mean, if you play, if you play Forza a lot, you will get bored of Britain. To be fair, because that's all you see. It's on Forza Horizon <laughs> Four, so I don't blame you for getting bored. But to- Tokyo would be a really, a really great um, country to, to to for it to be themed in. It would. 
you know, they definitely do a good job over there. They do at uh, Playground Games. Oh, have I got it right? Turn 10. One of them. Yeah, it's uh, play, Playground was the one doing them. And the, the thing That's about it. the Britain uh, or the, the Britain aesthetic was they tried to model it around seasons. And I was not really, I didn't really enjoy when it was raining. And it's in right. And uh, I never watched watch football, it seems to be raining too. But it, it was, it was one of those things where I loved fall, I loved the summer, and I loved the spring versions, but I felt like it was still always raining. And so, well, to uh, be honest with you, if you live in England, that one season pretty much accomplishes the entire yeah. year. We get about the rest of the seasons happen in about three days. So, yeah, you can imagine how we feel. Yeah, it's a common uh, thing right here. It's normal. And yes, sorry, chat, indie gamer. Yes, I mistakenly said Tokyo was a country there. I know it's not, it's a capital. <laughs> I do stuff like this on, on the show, Luke. You'll get used to it. I think I set you up for failure and that I went from Australia, then Tokyo, which I, so I went country to city as well yeah. uh, and vice versa. But, you know, in Japan and how much they, they utilize would just be, it'd be fun to track, you know? It would, definitely. It would. I can imagine yeah. doing a nice drift game, though, in that in uh, Tokyo, especially well, like... they didn't um, need to speed Tokyo, didn't they? Yeah, the Tokyo, it needs to be Tokyo Drift, yeah. But yeah. you, you can imagine doing like the the car park meetups and stuff and challenges around the multi-story car parks and stuff. I don't know. It's interesting to find out. What's going. I can't wait for it to be announced. Even just a sneak peek at it. That would be interesting, like you say, meetup mm. in car parks and races. But if if they did that sort of thing, I can see them going a, a bit more deeper in um, car modifications. You know, you know, like uh, Need for Speed Heat, where they went a mm. bit a bit further ahead. You can get the wide arch kits and. You've got that on Forza now, but you got you've even got the extreme like um, Need for Speed Heat. What you can do in their cars, but it'd be nice if they'd done a bit more in that that sense. Well, to be honest with you, I'm interested in whether or not they'll do a very similar thing to what they have done with Horizon Four, which is it is Britain, but it isn't. They've kind of done their own version of Britain. Um, yeah, and I'm wondering whether or not they'll do the same thing for you know Tokyo or Japan. You know, will it be Japan semi-condensed very quickly and into a, into their own version, their own visual version? Oh, it was actually speaking of Forza, I was I can't remember where I was. I was in my truck driving down this road, and I saw a like a. I'm always looking at the scenery in the background and stuff, and there's a, like a, like a mountain with with the actual the, the you know the windmill you do the jumps through. Uh, yeah, they have they have they basically took the way I understood it is they I took small aspects of zones around England and then kind of combine them together to make a area. So yes, yes, you will see, you know, you've got the almost like the um the Yorkshire side right next to the mountainous Welsh side and mixed in a bit of the Cornwall at the edge, you know, and it's like yeah. hang on. <laughs> I just can't remember where it was, but I, I remember seeing it and thinking, oh my God, that's that's from like um that's from, from Forza that is. But it looked identical though. You got like you weren't the, the big the mountain weren't as big. It just had like the same like windmill on the top. It was mm. quite nice. I should have just pulled over and took a picture, shouldn't I? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Knowing you, I'm surprised you didn't. You take pictures yeah. of your, your food enough, you know. <laughs> but um, speaking of taking the pictures, um, that's the best time to take um, photos on Forza. You know, when you when the seasons are wet, you can get some nice reflections on that game in the rain and stuff. You do take some nice pictures, you do. I got to give you that. 
Have any of you guys checked out Horizon 4 on an Xbox Series X? Because I have yep. not yet done that. It looks beautiful. I can't give you a proper opinion because I don't cover, I don't own a proper 4K TV yet. I, I wasn't able, I could afford the Series X, but not the 4K TV yet. So Mr. Tushi will give you a better idea on that one. All in good time, Stubbs. All in yeah, good time. <laughs> It's, it, it seems to me like they've up the settings. It's still 4K. Uh, I, I can only run it at 60 because that's what my TV can do, uh, which is annoying. But um, it does. It, it looks a lot better. It's It runs so much smoother, obviously, because it's running at 60 instead of 30 at 4K. Gotcha. But, like, especially in the photo mode, you can get some right, nice shots on it, though. Because I've had an argument to you before. I have. Honestly, Luke, with, with Mr. Tucci, I'll go, that is not a game. That is an actual car. He's like, no, it's Forza. Because they look that good sometimes. I think they're actual cars, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's stunning. And it's it's ironic that we say that, given that we're, what, two weeks removed from Dirt 5, people people snapping PS5 versions of Dirt 5 and uh, comparing them to the Xbox Series X versions because they weren't optimized properly. And then you look at a game like Forza Horizon 4, which was made for the Xbox One, and PC, and it's just it's it's just an interesting comparison. I don't much enjoy the one system better than the other, but I do think it's interesting to look at how important it is to to optimize for a system and what it can do for the experience of the player and the snapshots of them when you see them. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, it is good to make the comparisons, but as you are, it's not good to get in the stupid wars on Twitter. Oh, no, no, uh, you know what I mean? Just, it's annoying. Just keep scrolling. Sorry. Keep scrolling or keep muting. <laughs> Welcome, Betterman77. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to Iggy Gamer. Welcome, Blue Moon FC. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome, Pong Sold, the man that literally appears in every single podcast chat in the universe. Welcome. <laughs> Who else we got? Uh, yeah, that, that's about... That's your favourite one. You've missed out your favourite one. Come on. I have said Masuku. I've oh, learned right. how to say that name well now. After getting it wrong a load of times. <laughs> Mr. Tushy's in there as well. Hey, welcome, Mr. Oh, he's always here. <laughs> Hello, VJ. What are your opinions on Forza? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I was introduced to uh, Forza by uh, Mr. Tushy, um, and um, I do play Forza for when I get the chance. And um, I did try more Motorsport Seven. I didn't quite get on with that, and. Um, and I think it featured on last week's uh, community gaming night. Um, I, I started to play Forza One because I do sometimes enjoy playing uh, driving games, sort of driving around aimlessly um, and uh, at times. And B, so I could better understand the makeup of uh, playground games uh, studios, uh, especially in in lieu of uh, Fable. So uh, so far, I feel that like for for Horizon, uh, sorry, Forza Horizon Four FH Four. I mean, I'm not as um, um as sort of um how can i say how can i put it um as uh familiar with it as mr tushi is but it gives me uh it does give me sort of or provides me the the best of both worlds in terms of uh, an arcade racer and a simulation experience uh as um as our guest pointed out in terms of a sort of an arcade racer i mean <laughs> i mean i sort of go back to the days of like power drift daytona or sega rally and it's not it's not quite no thing Although at times, mm -hmm. you know, you could accuse me, you know, sort of reenacting crazy taxis, especially the amount of walls I crash into when I'm playing Forza. But 
<laughs> Forza, uh, it, it's close enough as an arcade racer on the surface level of the game itself. And um, I just, I'm just trying to cast my mind back because it, it reminds me, and it, and it may have some sort of historical connections with uh, Metropolis Street Racer on the Dreamcast. Um, and it remind, that one. reminds me a lot of that. And um, mm-hmm. and uh, but, however, Forza Horizon Four has a simulation esque sort of depth. To, it does have it? Does have a sort of simulation esque depth to it? And you can go to a low-level degree of fine-tuning and customization, which is way beyond me for somebody who's not that interested in, in cars or vehicles. I've, I actually spoke to Mr. Tushi, and um, I, I was switched over to uh, automatic or manual. And, uh, and, it, and as soon as I went to it, and I thought, oh, my goodness, this is going to be a really sort of sharp or learning curve for sure. But uh, I don't think I'm going to have the, the time, patience, or wherewithal for it, given the amount of games that we've got to play and then new games coming out. Anyway, speaking of worlds, I, I enjoy the fact that you can, can focus. Uh, what I like about the game is that you can focus on sort of career modes or racing or if you simply sort of just want to explore, explore Scotland, right? I know we keep saying Great Britain, but I'm assuming it is primarily set in Scotland, right, in, in, its, own, in its own right, um, on your lonesome or with friends. There's, there's such a wide range of activities, which I also appreciate. I wanted to touch on, um, besides the, you know, sort of outstanding sort of career mode that it's got, um, such as the sort of... I appreciate the stuff like you know the light sort of very light RPG elements or scenarios with it's um, you know whether it's sort of completing the Top Gear events and objectives and or the stunt driver scenarios. Um, I was stuck on one particular of the Smash About Town that took me a little bit while to to sort out, but uh, and visiting landmarks or purchasing homes and um, yeah, it, I, I find it incredibly fun. This sort of um, also sort of. Rather than just being a typical racing game, I, I just think it just lends to variety and uh, and gives the game strength and depth and uh, consistent terms of, especially with the consistency, I'd say, in terms of the updates and additional content for Horizon Zero Four. And uh, a lot of this information I've, and and my study of the game and has been has been sort of asking questions to Mister Tushi as well. I've been picking his brain to know, and he can tell you. And um, I've got none left. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> I mean, the content in the game it's like an embarrassment of riches almost uh, and they just keep continually add stuff and it. it's quite overwhelming and i i can't see the bottom of this particular rabbit's hutch or or beer barrel if you prefer but uh and as i mentioned you know forza horizon 4 you, you know you've got options you've got accessibility and uh and, and there for any level of player and, and diversity whereas forza motorsport when I jumped in, it very much reminded me of uh, PlayStation 1 Gran Turismo. I haven't actually gone back to a Gran Turismo since PS2, I don't think. You know, sort of a full-on simulator where you can sort of race around 30-odd tracks. Mm. And I was curious to try the game, especially when Mr. Tushi said, hey, you know, VJ, it's got like, you know, licensed or, or, or um, it's actually mimics, you know, sort of tracks such as, you know, Brands Hatch and Silverstone. And, and so, you know, it, got, it obviously caught my curiosity. And um, of course, I've got some nitpicks with the game, you know, and so on and so forth. But, you know, and I've complained to Mr. Tushi about it. I said, is that it in terms of radio stations, tracks and, and you know, why don't we need more updates for it and so on and so forth. Also, also speaking to sort of other Forza players, you know, we've got bugs and Mr. Tushi especially, sort of certain bugs have started to resurface and so on and so forth, which was not game breaking or anything like that but it was interesting because i also asked him you know was this patched if it's never had bugs before why is there suddenly you know sort of bugs and stuff surfacing and he mentioned the fact that hey you know look um the update it has been outsourced um and um and, and i guess that's the truth of the matter however it does lead me to think of the possible future of uh, play, play grand games and fours of five right 
and that was your question. And I prefer fours of five. I'd like that game to come out. But um, and I and I also was sort of talking to Mr. Tushi. So if, if I get anything wrong here, actually, it's all Mr. Tushi's fault. So uh, I, I understood that turn ten. Good uh, save. <laughs> Created for the franchise and uh, playground games then set about sort of um, or were tasked with creating the Forza Horizon Opal World franchise. So correct me there if I'm wrong, Mr. Tushi. Um, and Forza Horizon has seen sort of bi yearly entries in the series, right, from 14 up to 16 and 18. And uh, I guess we could make the assumption that, oh, you know, where's, where's Forza 5? It should be out by now or perhaps in 2020, 2021 or whatever. But then I think that Forza, Forza, sorry, Forza Motorsport has been announced, right, for 2021 release. So I'm assuming that it's never been an occurrence where both games have released in, in, the, in the same year. Um, so in that, in that respect, I don't mind if, you know, if the game comes out in 2023 or if, in fact, um, if, if, the, if the whole game or franchise has been passed over to turn 10, so that you know, maybe this is from a very selfish point of view, that um, Fable is the sole focus of Playground Games, right? Um, and I think that's, that's super, super, super important for me. In terms of like the, the location and so on and so forth, for me, um, I definitely would like to see um, uh, the game based in Japan, um, because especially since they drive on the correct side of the road, um, as one does in Scotland, which is, of course, the left side, as nature quite rightly intended to, but obviously the Americans failed to pick up on it. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hope that's a bit enough of a rant or, or, a, or a background on uh, why I think Forza 5 is, uh, yeah, definitely um, something I'm looking forward to. It's really good to hear because you, you, you're new to Xbox, you're new to the, you, you had a long time away from Xbox and you're new to the franchise, so it's good to hear you're really enjoying the game. But I think the yeah. biggest problem Forza has is is, is when Forza, the Forza game gets old, you see, it's the music licensing as you go on about radio stations. Because what happened with... It was one of the Forza Motorsports. Uh, they give it away for free on gold and give all the DLC away because I believe the, the music licensing deals that came up and the Xbox didn't want to renew them, so they just gave the game away for free rather than renewing the licensing fees. Is that correct, Luke? Yeah. It is, I don't remember which one it was, but they did do something like that. I, I, I think it was Was it two? It was £75 worth of um, DLC cars you could buy for about mm -hmm. £2.50. And they did they did that with Forza Horizon 3 most recently in heavy discounts for the DLC and for the game itself, uh, trying to get people to purchase it so they could own it and re-download it later. Um, but that is a, a certainly a problem that not just the Forza series is having. A lot of games are running into that. Uh, and specific to the music license aspect of that, we're now seeing Twitch being very, very hard on streamers because of licensed music. And while that's its own issue unto itself, it does signify that the gaming industry is now having to adapt to to uh, the, the music industry and vice versa because yeah. they will only rising tide lift all boats on that once they can figure it out but it's an ongoing discussion and, and twitch has handled it very poorly uh, but uh, I, I will comment on that in a minute if you'd let me uh, on the twitch aspect it's twitch. not it's not something they can actually control it's a law that the the, the, uh, the federal government have brought out mm -hmm. and if you don't comply you they will shut you down Mm -hmm. it's, it's that simple. YouTube will get having the problem. All the websites, all, all the 
all the video streaming sites and video uh, based websites like youtube etc are all being subjected to if you don't comply they can shut you down or give you ha- or give you heavy fines so they're having no option they don't they don't know what to do really but I they would... should pay a fee shouldn't they and say if we pay you x amount can we do it you know there should be some middle ground some middle ground where money can be made for everybody, uh, I think, is the future. That they will they will find ways, litigations. They will find uh, methods for contracts, and and in future, and include streamer friendly modes. Uh, That's a great idea. Which is which has just got to happen because it hurts the gaming industry when streamers aren't producing content for a game and it hurts the music industry if music's not getting out there and and we saw this you know early in the long ago days i don't know how, how old we all are but i i certainly remember napster and limewire and downloading music I do. yeah you know i gave my computer cancer to to download the latest lincoln park al- albums at one point uh and it was only through digital distribution and the understanding for how to monetize it that we eliminated those things and we got developers and platforms uh, a piece of the pie that they that they wanted. So whether it's all the money or some money or no money, some money is better than none. And so I'm sure they'll find a way somehow, some way to, to clean it up. But it certainly is a mess no matter what franchise we're talking about at the moment. It is. You're right. I mean, I remember when I played, I used to uh, on going back a couple of years ago, Gears of War 1 remastered. And um, I got hit by, uh, is either Strike or um, uh, a claim. I was actually off the owner of the music for the Gears of War 1 um, music. It was actually off the guy. And I, I presume that Xbox owned the rights to that music. I guess they don't own the rights to it. Gears of War 1 music. Hmm. That's I, I deleted my videos. I don't make money anyway, but I didn't really like them anyway. I deleted them. I didn't like the way my channel was going back then, but I got hit by a claim off the actual author of the music. And I was only getting like 20 views. So I don't know what his problem was. Do you know what I mean? I was, I was getting hit for posting Twitter clips, or sorry, clips of a game on Twitter direct from Xbox Share yeah. uh, for the crew too, which, which highlights the end-all be-all problem. I was sharing a game, a clip of a game from Xbox, from my actual unit, onto the platform with xbox share and and having that happen and they don't want that to happen you know that's not good for anybody because it's a bad look it's a bad look for all so i'm sure in future we see them work to clean that up but to they've got to account for worldwide laws that are different in 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 multiple countries and municipalities so it's it's a it's a different it's a different beast altogether it is but i don't know why these game companies can't see it it's advertising, free advertising, if you ask me. But you know, it's usually right. down to the music that does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the main problem. But yeah, you're right. So they've got to, they've got to sort something out because the problem is getting worse. a lot of big YouTubers and content creators. Literally, they, when they make videos now, they just change. They're too scared, so they just take the music completely out and put and put some put their 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 own music over the top. You know, and someone said in chat that Cyberpunk's actually created uh, a content creator mode or for, for streamers yep. and um, people who make videos. They have. Yeah, I've seen that today uh, on Cyberpunk. Uh, it said uh, it comes up in the options saying, um, "Do you want to um, enable copyrighted music or do you want to disable it?" And you, so, if you, for streaming stuff like that, gives you the uh, option uh, in the 
That's good. Which, That's which is good. good. Says you get your videos taken down. Well, exactly. You know, especially when you're you're coming live to us from from New Zealand now, Mister Tushy, ain't you? Yeah, I'll just uh, when when over the road <laughs> to New Zealand for a bit. I might come back to England tomorrow. The Xbox make it so easy to change your region, so so games work. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that, Luke? I've been on Cyberpunk all day. You can play Cyberpunk <laughs> straight away if you want. I saw a few people were doing that. And I'll tell you, it's funny when I see that because if anything is the last month and a half has shown me on my Xbox Series X, which is a genuinely great system, but uh, it's not. it wasn't ready for primetime. Neither was the PS5. Neither were the games. There's save bugs. Games are crashing. Call of Duty, you know, uh, Watch Dogs, Valhalla. Uh, man, I, maybe maybe people shouldn't be rushing to play the day one version of Cyberpunk. Give it a little bit. Give a little bit, <laughs> and uh, let them keep keep cleaning that up. Yeah. And, and if you're epileptic, this is a genuine, real thing. If anyone suffers epileptic seizures, uh, just hold off until they patch that out because they didn't cert them properly, and people are, are suffering that. And that's a very small niche case, oh, but it does get to the overall problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a warning. There is a warning on the case. And I think there is a singular warning. Uh, I mean, I don't own the game. Tushi might be able to. I think there's a singular warning, an epileptic warning as you start the game. But someone was saying, and again, I'm not 100% sure on this, that it doesn't happen every time you reboot the game. So this kind of kicks into the quick resume as well. It doesn't state that. So you could forget mm-hmm. quick resume. And you could then, you know, you could get this issue. But as you said, I think they are trying to patch. It's either a mode or something into it, which will um, hopefully reduce that aspect. Yeah, and that's that's little stuff, but it's also potentially big stuff in terms of legal ramifications in different yeah. uh, areas. And with all the progress that the gaming industry has made in terms of accessibility and bringing more gamers of all types into the fold... This seems to me like a fairly big oversight for something the industry has figured out years and uh, decades ago at this point. They'd figured this out, and and it just seems like a strange oversight for a company that is as capable as CDPR. It could be also, well, my theory on that, and again, maybe VJ will probably have to help me, is that potentially they are implementing software or trying to implement certain software uh, which may have had a, a negative effect on at a late stage because mm. obviously they have been uh, pushing this back, pushing this back, pushing this back. Um, and when you push things back, it can be little tweaks, but sometimes the little tweaks can cause the biggest problems. <laughs> mm, that's a good point. You're, that's very true. Very true. Um, and so the trouble is, and this is the problem unless you spend some serious amount of time going through every single line of code or every little aspect, you'll never catch everything. Um, and so you kind of, the players are on first day, even with the first day patch are kind of the beta tester. Still, we, we catch things which we don't normally see or the developer or doesn't always catch. Um, so I don't think it was intentional. It was just probably that, probably trying to rush a little bit to get things out and this was just one of the things they they just didn't hit they didn't it didn't catch because they're trying to do uh implementation i don't know ramping certain things up stabilizing that frame rate again we don't really know um but that's my theory because uh, city project seems to have a pretty good 
handle on things. Um, but the way they released Cyberpunk, I think it's rubbed up a lot of people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I think it's, that's due to speed. Yeah, and it's it's a shame when you have a game that big bound to have things, and people deserve to have their art celebrated, CDPR included. And I, yep. I, my hope is that people give it time before jumping the gun. And I also think that most people don't know about these issues or the people frustrated because we live in an echo chamber on, on social media mm-hmm. in the game space. People that listen to shows like this versus, versus, uh, you know, just the common gamer who, who comes home from work, gets his food and then goes to the TV, sits down for a game or two, you know? Mm. Again, I, I said, I said developers, I really should have meant publishers. Cause I think the publishers were pushing for this release probably quite heavily rather than the developers because everything I see from the developers is it will be done when it's ready. CDPR actually published self-published itself this game. Does. Yeah, when I say publishers, I, I'm talking potentially management. Oh. <laughs> well, I, have a, I have a gut feeling management is like, we need to get this out. When you've got the, de- the actual developers working at game, it is not ready yet. And as uh, management always does, they rarely ever list, don't really ever listen to the people below. <laughs> uh, or they or they take a, a 50-50, we can weather this particular storm. <laughs> so let's just get it out. Yeah, just hopefully, yeah. I, I, I haven't got the game yet. I will be getting it because I can't. Someone's game gifting me, so you can't do it until it's, until it's re- been released. And um, I just think it's going to be an incredible game regardless, you know. I think the bigger thing that which was kind of the biggest issue, and it's not related to the topic, is that um, review review codes. That was probably the biggest thing. Yeah, that's why it eludes me. Yeah, kind of. There's a lot of big reviewers who didn't get it in time, and my gut feeling was this again was a management issue, management choice, trying to push things out and not really handle it well. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I would, you know, who knows though? We're such a big company. I can see it happening because after so long, they've got to work out how long they've been working on the game and we need to start making some money on this. But I, I would say this is just a guess that they broke even straight away and made profit. But, you know, I don't know the figures, but I would, I would say so with a game of that size. But yeah, welcome, Fastback. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, no, he, he said in regards to Twitch and YouTube, uh, they take a cut of your monetization, super chats, etc. So they should pay the music industry royalties for the streams. Now they do. It's just the music industry want more money than they were paying them. YouTube are paying them in the minimum. And I don't think people realize how much money YouTube actually make out of you. We're talking billions upon billions. We're not talking pennies. You know, and I think the music industry wanted in the billions. You know, they wanted the serious money. So that's why they've come down hard on them, trying to force YouTube to pay them. So it's a hard issue, that one is, you know. But, yeah, that, that could be a podcast in itself, so we'll try and move on from that one. It's a quite a complicated one. It is. Uh, right, we'll now move on to the next topic, which will... And as we will go with this one here. I know a few people talked about it. This may not happen. This is This is a theory. This is a theory kind of opinion. What would you like to see Halo and Gears of War make a battle royale style mode, especially with Master Chief? Well, as Kratos has gone into Fortnite as well, 
would you like to see to see it happen or not not see it happen? What are your thoughts on that, um, Luke? Man, uh, well, that's an ongoing discussion constantly for depending, and it depends on the game. Um, when it comes to Gears of War, I'm a diehard fan of both. I genuinely I found love out that, and I, well, I like that because I like Gears of War, and you, you make me look like an amateur. You completed the entire season. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yes, it was. Uh, we were on holiday for Thanksgiving in the United States a uh, couple couple weeks ago, and I I, I spent some iron <laughs> and I kind of finished that up. Uh, very excited for the new campaign DLC next week as well. But uh, nonetheless, to to answer the true question, uh, I don't think Gears of War lends itself gameplay wise to a battle royale style genre. They've experimented a, a number of times. They added free for all back in Operation Two uh for gears five and and i love that mode but it just it kind of speaks to me that that it's just not right for a battle royale style game it just doesn't it's just not meant for that type of play uh alternatively halo i think is perfect for it however they have been very steadfast that halo is not getting a battle royale and i questioned that still to this day because we know the multiplayer is going free to play and that is that is Warzone has taught everybody, even Activision, that being free to play uh, is a good thing for a franchise if the game is good, mind you. Um, and we have a lot of indications to say now that that really Halo Infinite is shaping up far better than we perhaps uh, might have doom and gloomed it a few weeks ago, a few months ago. Uh, and and gameplay wise, it it makes perfect sense. You know, you're you're on a pelican you drop out of a pelican you you jetpack down you pick up different weapons uh maybe you land you're not a spartan but you're an odst and you or you odst drop in and then you're picking up different weapons and vehicles along the way uh you're on a, a unique halo ring or damage portion of a halo ring there's a lot of ways to make a halo battle royale work uh alternatively uh, based on the leaks that we've seen from actual credible sources, mind you, not like rumor mill stuff, but we've seen uh, art and concept designs and rendered or properly uh, detailed versions of Master Chief being in Fortnite to, to accompany Kratos and whatnot. And it would make perfect sense that if uh, Halo is not getting Battle Royale, then then Battle Royale is getting Halo. And there, there's some credibility to that as well. I think that we've seen Microsoft make a concerted effort to get Master Chief back to iconic status because Halo has certainly fallen out of the mindshare. And with them redoing a lot of the the aesthetics for Halo in, in Infinite to match some of the older school stuff and then putting him in any number of commercials at this point. He was on the box for the Series X, for goodness sakes. All yeah. the marketing that they were putting into it. Uh, and, I mean, even the most recent trailer by Taiko Wahidi, Taiko to, um, oh my goodness gracious! The the director of uh, Thor, Ragnarok, and and several Mandalorian episodes. Incredible director. He he had Chief take his helmet off to see a dancing cat. They are playing with <laughs> this Halo franchise and Halo uh, to make it relevant again, and that's what needs to happen. So. I'm all for Battle Royale to the long way in answer to your question. I'm all for them experimenting with that genre, but I'm also for them uh, making sure Halo gets into other places and what better place than the world's most popular Battle Royale. So that's a long way to answer your question. I'm sorry it took so long. No, no, you're fine. I mean, I actually am a Gears fan, and I don't play it that often, but I'm a Gears fan. But I do, I do know that Gears doesn't fit the Battle Royale mode, but I just thought I'd better stick it in there as well 
in case someone agrees with it. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, Fortnite, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think Fortnite is becoming... It, it, uh, by putting characters in there and doing themed events, they, it's, it's kind of... They, they do more... Who's making noise? Who's she? I moved a bag of peanuts off the side, oh, side of his settee. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, no, He's been hungry I, again. Yeah, I think with Fortnite, um, as of the past few seasons, it's become the marketing tool for a lot of the films, the Marvel, and um, it, it gets hype out there for certain. I could be wrong. I just see it as they're putting more games in there to hype our games up. Because, hey, you're having Matthew in there, although you're going to have to buy him. I know you're going to have to buy him because I, I bought Kratos, everyone. I'll yes, tell you this. I, I will buy, I will play my first game of Fortnite ever when Master Chief gets in there. I've never played Fortnite to this day. Yeah. Uh, not through Same anything. Thing. But what better place to put Master Chief, to put Marcus Phoenix, to get a pirate from Sea of Thieves. Wow, Marcus, I thought of him. Wow, I like that. But, but why not? If Kratos, the god of war... And one of the best games ever, most serious games ever, can be in Fortnite. We can we can continue playing with franchises, and it only helps the franchise recognize or recognizability. It it's free PR. It's free PR, and it'll be on mobile. It'll be on PlayStation. It'll be on uh, switches. That's what you want if you're trying to raise brand awareness. Oh no! It Who's Kratos? Kratos. Oh. oh my God! He's up. Don't worry. From Darksiders, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard of God of War, was that? Yeah, he's winding you up. He's still a lot. <laughs> well, saying that, though, I mean, it, do you remember when recently Corey Barlog, he actually said that he didn't know what God of War is. He'd never heard of God of War. And people took him seriously. He goes, um, he, um, did they get a nominate for some award or something at the Game Awards? And Corey Barlog yeah. replied with, never heard of it. And some fan didn't know who Corey Borlock was. There we go. Got a ball. There you go. He's got it. There you go. (laughs) But no, you are right. Fortnite's becoming, well, really, but it's really part of pop culture when you think about it. Advertising and everything. You can love it or hate it. You're not going to kill Fortnite. I don't think anything can stop it. You know, I'll be honest. So it's a boredom will kill Fortnite as long as it's consistently uploading oh, new content. That's... It will consistently be played. And the moment it starts to get a bit stale with less content, just like most things. Oh, it's updated weekly. This is the thing. It's actually rather than exactly. a lot of games, my age, you know, to, you know, to patch games like with like Halo or Gears or whatever. They, you have to wait a while for some of these patches to come in. Well. Fortnite actually update their game weekly, if not daily, for some patches. Well, I'm not saying they, they patch. Sometimes their patches are server side, so you don't get a download patch. But they are very quick at updating it, rather than because it's a free to play game. They don't want people to stop playing it or buying the skins, etc. But would you like to jump in now? Um, Removal Sanity has actually jumped in, which um, good. and I'm very impressed with you today. Have you got a new microphone? In no, the game, no, uh, has suggested that has has uh, removal sound. He got a new microphone. He's sounding much better. No, um, the reason I am sounding much better is that I am at the bottom of my garden. I can now make a bit more noise uh, where I was previously <laughs> in the living room and annoying my missus who wanted sleep. So um, yes, this is probably where you can probably hear me a little bit more clearer now. Um, 
to answer your question, I I think Halo lends itself to a battle royale. Whether or not it will happen, if it's going free to play, it would make sense. It would just make sense to place it in. I think every free to play model now has a battle royale mode. Um, almost now, and um, I think it, it just makes sense to put it in there. Maybe they'll put it in as a DLC, though. You know, well, it's one of those things. They say no now, but will they then throw it on as things get a little bit stale, maybe with the multiplayer, and then they just throw that in? Because they do seem to, if I remember correctly, with Five, they did add things on a regular basis. In terms of gears, I probably wouldn't think it would make sense to have a Battle Royale mode. Probably what I would prefer, and this is probably going to wind up the Gears fans, is a first-person mode. <laughs> you sacrilege. You can't say that. <laughs> I so agree with you. Can you okay. imagine? Oh. Uh, so okay. I, a first-person mode where you could see yourself chainsawing a grub? Mm-hmm. But also imagine that the potential possibilities of in that universe of being part of the onyx guard which is like their elite special forces and their first person mode they treat it like sam fisher or or modern warfare but like you know you have night vision goggles and special gadgets yeah Uh, there's so many ways to explore gears of war beyond third person cover shooting they started to tease a little bit of it in gears five with levels being wide linear um Mm -hmm. But and with escape mode having its own like DLC that's campaign based, they're really experimenting with it. Why not take it uh, first person? The move to turn based strategy certainly worked. Gears Tactics is it a worked, yeah, it's, genre. It's so. brilliant. I absolutely love it. As a, as a, as a, it actually it does it really well. Um, I thought, you know, I always thought it was going to be a gimmick when I first played it, and it's not. They have really worked hard to make that a pretty good i would say not pretty good actually a very good tactical game it is a very good tactical game um so it would just make sense to say hey why not a first person mode i know again to the purists out there i'll probably be get beaten up for it but um why not expand a little um but it doesn't make sense you know and then if you are going to do a first person mode Maybe Battle Royale, but I would probably prefer first person mode. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, I mean, they've got to do something. I mean, I'm going to get hated on that. They've got to do something to make Gears and Halo relevant again. These games used to be massive, you know, esports massive, band bases were massive, and they just, they just ain't, they, they ain't what they were, you know. Halo's getting there, Halo Matthews collection, that multiplayer is really good. It is, but I'll let you carry on. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I, yeah, the, the trouble is, I think it started, again, this is the problem with, I think it was ODSSC, I can't remember. ODST. Yeah, ODST. That was a great multiplayer mode, or sorry, great play multiplayer, and then it started to kind of, I don't know, it started to be a little boring from the next ones. Um it got hyped up on four and I was like, Ugh. you know, I was a pretty, pretty heavy halo multiplayer fan. I would go around with a hammer bashing the hell out of people <laughs> when I could, you know, it was a great play, but now it just seems to stagnate it. That's the word I'm probably using for it. It looks like it's stagnated a little. So they kind of need to freshen it up with new ideas, new modes. The trouble is if they follow the standard oil, if they follow everybody else, 
in terms of modes and it's going to people will look at it and just go oh well, it's just a a copy clone of this it's nothing doing it's no better or no worse i think they need to try instead of following the trend set the trend exactly. which they did originally and now they've fallen behind the trend and i think people are just like look as you said you want to see something fresh um so yes certain games lend itself to the good boy but i think i said as i said previously i think i think better for me would be a first person mode for gears and yes i could see them having a uh, battle royale mode but i think they really need to up their game in terms of just doing something different you know do you know what maybe uh, i think they did you know maybe a horde mode for halo it's like i don't know something like that maybe um you mean yeah, like fire fire work they have a firefight mode do you mean something like that or something a little bit tweaked different uh, a bit tweaked different to be honest with you an exp- expanded upon that sort of thing mm-hmm. a bit like titanfall just titanfall one titanfall two they did they did a, it was not it wasn't a horde mode but it was a more of a uh i, I know what you mean in that particular sense that'd be neat I was on it with Yeah, um, if you know what I mean, it wasn't a horde mode, but it was something like you hold you held down the fort and it was you know <laughs> waves, it was waves, wasn't it? But it wasn't horde, if you know what I mean. It was a bit more tactical in certain aspects to it. I think they could do the similar sort of thing with Halo. Um in terms of Fortnite, it only makes sense to try and get uh these franchises onto that game because it's just a perfect PR element. It will elevate them in fact i to be honest with you i'd like to see you know i'd like to see gears marcus i'd like to see master chief on um some battle games so you know some fighters put it put it as put it in as many different genres as possible just uh, right, you know, get, it, get killer instinct downloaded because there is gears characters on killer instinct the fighting yeah game. exactly but I, I think i mean i just on, on different different uh different you know um Different fighting games, different different genres generally. Just try and you know put it on, on different as many different other franchises as possible, just so that you do get the PR. I, what have you got? What have you got to lose? What have you got to lose if you don't? Yeah, you know? you're so right because we've seen we saw the Halo levels in Forza Horizon Four. If you're if you guys are just getting into Sea of Thieves, it's it's incredible. But there's also a ton of leveries from Gears and. Uh, Forza and Halo and Killer Instinct, that they have a lot of cross representation there, and even even Gears has Gears Five has Halo characters in it. But amidst all mm-hmm. that, it's like they're they're teasing, their toe is in the water testing it. The cross pollination of their franchises. There should have been more Halo and Gears levels and Sea of Thieves levels in in Forza. There should be more characters uh, from from Halo in Gears and vice versa. Not enough to dilute the pool so bad that, that you're not sure what game you're playing, but more mm-hmm. teasers and crossovers would be a great way to celebrate franchises, even if you're not all about them in your particular game. Skins, like what they did in Forza. Yeah. yeah, they 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 had the um the what the water in um Forza didn't they? Yeah, did they? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it had it had also the the ships flying over as it was um uh, as as you was driving through. Can't Stuff like one. that. Just, oh yeah, just yeah, to, yeah, yeah, did yeah. 
just to just kind freshen things up, get the PR out there, you know, color skin, different, you know, maybe, you know, some skins on different games. Yeah. It won't, as you said, as, uh, as Luke was saying, you don't, it won't, it won't dilute the franchise. It will just elevate it slightly. Yeah, no, you've brought, you've all brought some, definitely some great ideas. I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, when you think about it, right, recently, you might laugh, right, but recently, there was a big cross promotion with Gears of War and the, the New Day from WWE. Now, what if mm-hmm. they put some Gears characters in the WWE fighting game? Wouldn't that be cool? Why, why, happen, why shouldn't though. they? Exactly. Yeah. Why could? Why couldn't they? They were free. They were. They're not. I don't think they're available anymore. But they were free in the store. You had to go and download them, but they were free of charge. It was a mm-hmm. gift perk for yeah. those yeah. who had the yeah. ultimate. Yep. Yeah, but you could also. It was also available. You, on season passes, isn't it as well? You, if you could uh, win them, uh, was it? Did you, you earn them? I can't remember. No, you could. You could purchase them as well. I believe. Um, oh, right. Don't get me started on Gears of War Ultimate, where they rip people off because they. <laughs> well, they did. They did. It was twenty pounds more on release, right? They said that you've got all these characters, no one else is getting them, and then they, they got overexcited because a lot of people playing the game, and they gave all the characters away to anybody who bought the game, uh, even in Game Pass. If you bought the cheap version again of Gears Five, you got all the characters the old edition got, and it, it riled the people up. It really annoyed people because they they spent twenty pound extra for nothing. You know, it was a mistake on their part, but it did annoy a lot. Yeah, of people. if you if you're going to do that, make it sh- put it under maybe a six month or a year banner. Yeah, because you know, don't do it three or four months down the line because that's just going to wind edition. up your existing base. 80 quid yeah. edition, and then they gave them, they got excited because they seen the numbers were good, and they started giving the characters away for free. And people were like, What's going on here? You know, mm. can't see why I did it, but you know, I'm, pro- I'm pretty sure they will not make that mistake again in the future. You know, <laughs> and Mr. Tushi, have you got any thoughts on this subject in hand about Halo and Gears, um, Battle Royale? Yeah, um, I'll start with Halo first. Um, I think they should most definitely do it. It's an option. If if you don't like it, you don't have to play it. It's they they need to push the franchise um, bigger than what it is because they've dropped back this generation mm. and they've only bought um, the Halo Wars and the um, was it Assault then Gears Five. So Halo Five and that, that's what they brought out this generation. So I think it'd be good. It, it'll pull a lot of people in, especially with the free to play on multiplayer as well. Uh, regarding Gears, the way I see it is, I think they're too late. Or well, it probably wouldn't work to do a battle royale regarding gears, but they need to implement their own ideas for something like, like for example, removable said, just implement their own ideas into something new. Yeah, right. Do you mean like back back in the day when gears was the, the people don't know this? Gears were actually the innovator of the horde mode. They are the ones that created it. They were the trendsetters, and now they're not. Yep. Yeah, everyone copied it and innovated since. But do you mean like that, Mister? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, for example, here's a good one. Uh, Forza Horizon 4, it's got its own Battle Royale mode. They can implement that into their game in their own way. Surely they can figure something new for the Gears franchise too. Yeah. I mean, they see to think of it, don't they? Mm. You know? I think they're a little bit afraid because they've been bitten by some bad press. And as you rightly said, they're now dipping their feet in there. And dipping their feet isn't helping them move forward as probably as quick as they should. They should just go, do you know what? Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. And whether whatever happens, but because they've had a few bit of bad press recently, where they've had a few bit of backlashes, 
they're now much more cautious. They are getting better because at the end of the day, um, when you play, I don't play the multiplayer as much as I should, I agree, like Luke, but Luke's probably been incentivized to play the game so much because when you play multiplayer, you now grind towards and they give you and you earn rewards and you go up the ranks and you're earning coins. You can earn a lot of money. You could buy characters. That's that's incentivizing players to play the game. And that is a way. Okay, hate gears is getting better, you know. I don't play it all the time because I get I get annoyed with people with answers. I'd rather play Jim Shotguns. I'm part of the problem, maybe. I'm part of the old school, but I am open to new ideas with, with Gears of War, you know. But yeah, the they in, got incentivized, but that's not enough. We've got to push gears to another level somehow, you know. Yeah, but sorry, um, Mr. Tushi, carry on. I got sidetracked there. Uh, no, sorry, no. welcome, I've uh, finished infinite and welcome, uh, invader gaming. If you're still there, sorry about that. I got too busy talking. Fast back and fast back. How you doing, infinite and invader? It's been good chat. Thanks for stopping by, everyone. Uh, VJ, have you got any thoughts on this subject, sir? VJ? He's mm. gone for a brew. He's gone for a cup of tea, probably. He's yeah. either gone for a brew or number two. Probably. Both? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> but no, I just... Uh, I just... Yeah, I mean... Oh, gear, Halo gears probably won't work, but there is probably... If they could do something different and really different, not even like a battle royale, they probably could make. Uh, I don't know because they all, everyone, when they've seen escape mode, give escape massive high praise, but it's it's not really done anything for the game. I don't think. I don't think it's brought more people into the game at all. I could be wrong, but it, this was his massive innovation. I don't. I don't actually. I don't know if it has. I mean, I don't know if anyone agrees with it. It just. That doesn't seem to be a big community in it in the escape community, you know. I, I could I've be not wrong. tried that game mode yet. I mean, have you played it, Luke? Do, do you think it's got brought people back to the franchise or no, or not? I no, don't think it's had an impact like Horde did when they, it was first they, invented, you know. Yeah, so there's a there's a lot to break break down when it comes to Gears 5 you because know, we'll have to see. We will anyway, yeah, right. VJ, are you there? Uh, one one thing I think they could prove with the, the Gears multiplayer side is making the um, making them. I think the, the only way you could describe it is bigger. Like for example, Horde mode. What if you could have ten players and have ten times the amount of enemies on there? Make it a bit more wild. Battle Royale, Battle Royale, Horde mode. Oh, I'll say something now. I'm gonna get eaten alive now. <laughs> Gears of War and Gears of War um, um, Battle Royale should be free to play. And Halo should be free to play, but are we are, mate? Put them on the PlayStation and Nintendo Switch. Put them on everything. <laughs> Crossplay. <laughs> I knew that would invoke a reaction. Well, they've certainly experimented with Gears 5. Uh, if you look at Gears 5 now versus launch, that has double the amount of content that it once did. A lot of the narrative in Gears 5 was was expanded on and they added some some story elements that we'd not seen previously in the franchise. They really thought escape mode was going to be something big and it turned out to not be. However, uh, it did bring some good ideas to it and the characters people seem to like from the comic books and whatnot because I am that nerd guy. Uh, I think what you're seeing right now with this story expansion, that was not initially planned. 
but the reception to the narrative and those characters led them to doing this. And I think this is a really a, a testing ground to see if this type of content delivery is what they want for infinite as well. And other places see if these have been doing regular content updates and small drops seasonally. If they're now doing $20, three hour expansions uh, to a game like gears to keep it, you know, lively. That's, I believe exactly the platform that infinite is going to be for halo. And it's worth mentioning. Also, this is what halo four attempted way back in the day with uh, Spartan Ops. So mm. I think what you're seeing is is the fruits of those previous labors, and they're trying to seed ground to to bring even more content to bear uh, later on. Tonight, they're, they're experimenting, I guess, with, with economies. Oh, I definitely agree, because we haven't seen it in Gears of War since Gears of War 3 with Gears of War Ram Shadows DLC. That was the last time it was seen in the game, where you had story-themed story DLC. So I, I hope it's great and I hope it works because it will be a great benefit if it could bring more games in every so often you get. Because from what I understand, if you have get Game Pass Ultimate, the DLC is free. And if you don't, you've got to pay $20, $20 for it, I believe. It is. That, for that for that uh, new deal, story DLC. I just, I just hope it works. Mm. But they, they try these things. But it's like when they, they, launched, they launched Gears, I mean... They put about thousand dollars worth of um, skins in the store, and you couldn't you couldn't earn any of it. And that is where Gears got a lot of, a lot of gripe for. They were like, "Why can't you earn these skins? Because you just got to buy them, and they made them limited. So you either bought them or you lost them. You know, never, that's what lost you, me on Gears Four. Yeah. I was like, no, oh, not interested. No, not that. You're on about loot boxes, baby. That's what you're I on will, about. I will tell <laughs> you now, though. I really really like the economy currently in gears five for all the mistakes they've yeah. made in the past I've the learned. current method has really turned me back on to, to the ideas of unlocking characters the way they have them now um and every character that can be bought with the exception of esports with real money can be earned with in-game currency now mm-hmm. a week later and and that's yep. smart i think that's a, a very smart thing because it lets players support the game if they are so inclined content creators etc but also lets you unlock stuff i've spent a lot of time enjoying unlocking characters with free-to-play currency and not spending iron um and, and you know we're on about gears of war but i really think they're doing a good job at rectifying the economy and my understanding from from uh, various people that that work there and otherwise is that uh, a lot of it is just a matter of differences of philosophy from rod ferguson prior to his departure um and not really? in a bad way yes but because i thought i thought hey oh, i could be wrong but a lot of the gears community believed that rod ferguson and a couple of other people in the company that have now left were part of the problem and that's why things have gone wrong but that's if you've what got I mean. inside sources you could be correct no no inside sources don't misunderstand me what i mean to say is that like yeah. in developer streams they will note that certain elements oh. of the economy were yeah. Fergus Rod Rod enabled, and now that he's gone, they're able to they have more flexibility oh, in so those <laughs> areas. That's what I mean. Uh, I don't mean to imply a bit more freedom to do uh, to play around and be. So and I was be right, basically. Uh, to to Ish. an extent, yes, and and, the, and there's ways to interpret it because I really think Rod Ferguson helped that narrative and that gameplay 
yeah. in the campaign, right? But but being silly in multiplayer, maybe not, right? It's it's your baby. You want to protect it. Sometimes we're too protective as parents of a or stewards of a franchise. So take the good with the bad. This is not again not inside source stuff. Stuff they've mentioned on developer streams in passing, but never vitriolic, never hostile, never attacking Rod or or vice versa. Oh, right. oh yeah, I see what you mean, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got a very good point because I don't believe that if it weren't for him, I don't think. Do you really believe they would have gone in the direction that they, they let they let Kate be the lead the lead character? I don't. I, I don't. I love, I, 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 I love the fact that Kate was lead, but there was a lot of toxicity in the community. They a lot of the a lot of gamers hated it because there was a female character at lead. I loved it. You know, I thought that was great. I think Kate is the transition onto the next generation. And if you have a beloved set of characters, well, let's face it, Marcus and his story is a beloved story by oh, his community. Whatever you do, if you have a problem, the same thing happened with Mass Effect in terms of Mass 1 to 3. Uh, and then what were they going to do with that? those characters three kind of ended it the same thing here with gears it ended his story so it's like how do you keep the franchise going but slowly transition passing of the torch from your beloved character to a new set of characters so they had to do something um i like the fact they've kept them in there but i think it's going to be a phased out i'm hoping there isn't going to be a scene uh where we lose some characters it's just more of a phasing out rather than you know a uh, a particular death scene like in two um <laughs> but i think it, 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 this is it it's it's it's, it's, the, it's the passing of the torch uh is, is this one and i think we might see less and less of the older characters uh in future future games which is how it should be you know it's if you want to keep the franchise alive you're going to have to come up with fresh characters and, and you know and uh new stories um one of the reasons i like gears tactics is because they've done exactly that it's a, it's, it's not you know it's it's a new character new set of uh people and it, it actually works really well yeah and it, it, bran it branches off see I, I don't. I, I'd imagine Luke. Luke listened to this story or read this comic, but there was a comic that led you in a graphical novel that led you into Gears Five, and and Kate's uncle Gabe Gabe Diaz was in it, and this is where you're learning. Well, obviously you played Ruble Sanity. You have played um, Gears Tactics, so that's about Gabe mm -hmm. Diaz's family and what it was about, mm -hmm. and that and that's where it's branching storylines. So. And I also suggest that you buy the graphical novel or there's an audio version on Audible of that book. There is. It leads you into Gears 5, and that really that really is really good. It leads you in. I just wish they would have put that at the start of Gears 5. It may have helped people a little bit to know that bit of that extra bit, that lead into it, to bridge well, you the You don't know if there's going to be no. some flashbacks in the next one. Let's yeah. face it, there's always potential to do flashbacks. They did it with one and two. You never know. Yeah, I think they, yeah, they even did, did it with, with Kate's mum, didn't they? You know, they just, you know. So, it, I think there's, 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 there's still potential for it to happen. Um, 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's the progression of a of a, of a beloved franchise. It is. <laughs> Welcome, Crispy Bomb. There's quite a few people came in there. Welcome, Cerebral Paul. Welcome, Crispy Bomb. Welcome, I Still Rain. Welcome, Life of EML. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, now that was a really good topic. That, that took us quite a bit to get through. So that was that was quite. Uh, VJ will be back. He's had a problem. He will he will be coming back. I, I gave him a quick call while you were talking. And he, um, he, he is coming back. Um, right, let's make a brew. No, he's, he's not. It's, it's, it's something he needs he, to help his wife with. That is okay. No worries. No, yep, yeah. Yep. Um, where are we? Let's get to the next one now. Where are we now? This one here. This, this is one VJ wanted to talk about, so he should be back soon. Um, the PS5 setting their prices at seventy dollars price point. <sighs> Is this is this a good thing for the industry as a whole? Is <laughs> the question too on this one? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I, I'll I'll talk on the seventy dollars version. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> um, the yes, it is a good thing. Um, we've seen too often uh, the attempt by the gaming industry to offset costs. In, I would argue, rather predatory ways. And we know that, and for two generations, the cost of, for games was the same. I, I like seeing, and this kind of refers to our previous topic, I like seeing the experimentation for how to monetize games without being predatory or abusive. Uh, we talked about Gears and the expansions. We talked about uh, Sea of Thieves, and they, they use an Emporium, but the game is pretty much free to play uh, if you have Game Pass, as, as are many of them. $70 price point is necessary for the industry to continue making games at the level it was making, uh, particularly as, as the rising cost of fidelity and the amount of effort that goes into AAA experiences. But one of the things that's interesting about this $70 price point is that's the max uh, right now for AAA, seemingly. But the, everywhere in between is fair game for any sized game. And with the rise of subscription services and the continued uh, ability to support games with, with microtransactions that are not impacting gameplay, I am totally okay with this. And it really just doubles down on the incentive to utilize subscription services like Game Pass, which adds so much value to you. So I'm fine with it if the games are the level of, of Miles Morales. I'm not fine with it if, if I'm getting a Crackdown 3, right? So, yeah, so, so there's a, a, a wiggle room in that. Um, and when a game's $30, I'm far less criti critical of it than if it's 60. And then what if it's a game that's going on that's on sale? There, there's middle grounds on a lot of these topics, but I'm okay with the $70 price point. You know, I would, I would, I would happen to agree with you because we live in most of us in this show live in the UK. Now, we are already at 70. If you can do the conversion, we're already there, $70. So it doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, we, we're actually already there. Um, and you know that won't be what we get. But we might get, whereas it's now, it's about, it varies from physical, basically the games in the UK vary from 50 to 65-ish. It varies, normally in the 60 mark, but if it is a president of 70, we will get it to go up. So we could be hitting more 65 to 70. That's That's the fear. Instead, and you look at yeah. Australia, which is already around a hundred. 
These Australian dollars are worth a lot less, though, uh, by the way. They're not like US dollars. It's between no, uh, but... 1 and 130, I think, in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is like yeah, it's really phenomenally hard. expensive. Um, mm. <laughs> but I'm with you on this, Dubs. It, the UK prices, it's already at that $70 mark, and it has been for a long time. So it makes no difference to us, really, over here, does it? Yeah, but the well, it will do, because it'll rise. It's always going to rise, isn't it, because of inflation and stuff, isn't it? Uh, but, well... Historically, uh, I suppose I, I apologise for diving in here. Yeah, I didn't want to be fine. here. Um, no, I should talk we, more. We, yes. uh, sorry, yeah. No, I, well, like I said I can talk now. Now, um, it has happened many times throughout the history of gaming. Uh, it's happened in the uh, happened around the nineties. It happened around the two thousands. It has jumped to these prices before, and there has always been a knock on effect in terms of people buying games when we hit these prices. Um, it generally means, you know, people's, I would say, cash flow for games hasn't really evolved because there are other many, other many other things that, you know, people need money for. Um, and so there's still a budget, I think, for a lot of people in terms of games. So hitting the £70 price point, for me... <laughs> I'm not happy with it because there is there is particular reasons for it. As we're seeing now, certain features are being removed from games for the AAA games. Multiplayer modes now are now being removed and put in as free to play, so they can monetize those. Um, so we're already getting potentially from what previously we had less potentially in some you know uh, it, than what we normally get. Also, the PR budgets for these AAA games are horrendous and have only increased with time. You could easily cut down on PR budgets and still provide some amazing PR. Um, you know, when you're paying a particular streamer or a particular YouTube billions of pounds or hundreds of thousands of pounds, you know, or even you're spending billions of pounds in terms of PR, you could cut that down and you could find alternative ways to still get that out there and and and, and showcase this off. I think the, what, I'm, what I'm seeing is 70 is the push again to bring games up and make more money. The, you know, budgets are getting bigger and bigger. I know I do appreciate that software is, and it is time is getting harder and harder. But at the same time, you know, um, I think it's it's a kind of a two way street. I think it, the seventy seventy dollar push is going to be there to try and help subscription services. That's a very good point. I just want to. I just googled how much one hundred and thirty Australian dollars are, and it, it's quite a difference. It's it's actually seventy two quid. Mm-hmm. Mm. It is. So it does sound um, when you say one hundred and thirty dollars, that does sound like a lot. But the conversion to our money, it's seventy two dollars. But then again, seventy two, seventy two quid. That's well, a lot. Though. If you've got, it's a lot. You think about a family, and this is what I said. This is why I think it's a push to help push people into subscription services, because you know if you've got a family, uh, you've got two kids, they want three or four games. That's a lot of money already. 
you know that's birthday and christmas blown out the water and it has happened previously where you know it what it ended up happening was the prices went up i think it happened with the 32x uh, Sega Genesis 32X. Uh, I think one of the games there was Doom. I think it was around eighty pounds, and uh, a lot of people were complaining back then. And what happened was that uh, other games faulted for it. It, it. it actually stopped people buying games in other areas and other genres. You know, so where one would get an increase, mm. it faltered uh, in other areas. Um, so. Again, I think this is more of a conservative push so that a subscription service is seen as the better option, which in terms of Game Pass, ultimately, it currently is. It is, you know, the best option uh, in terms of, you know, quality. Um, it's just, I think it seems it seems a bit more of an underhanded tactic. I can see, you almost like, if you think it's almost like a PI, you, you can see why they're doing it. Same reason in terms of physical media. They're trying to push this out, get rid of it, put it into a subscription-based service, which then they could ramp up or utilize to better suit more money. Again, you know, this is just my thoughts on this. I'm sure VJ uh, oh. will, and, and, you know, Luke will probably have a different yeah, opinion I mean, on me on that one. I mean, I, I do agree with you because obviously I know it's in the chat. That that's not what Phil's doing. No one's elaborated. It said that it's Phil, but what the problem is, is I was reading because VJ sent me an article. Now, this is all linked. Everyone thinks that X PlayStation isn't getting a version of Game Pass now. The statistics say currently that, that from the official uh, PlayStation financials, that last year they had a physical sale, um, digital sales of I think it was fifty-three of or fifty-six percent in digital digital download sales. Now this year, I know we're going to because of the pandemic. You got, you got yeah, pandemic. Yeah, it's been seventy-six percent digital. But Sony will just keep looking at it and looking at it, and eventually they're going to push that button and do it an equivalent of Game Pass. And then that, that there's more there's more to the meaning of $70. And people think that PlayStation have no interest. Once they see Game Pass do... Well, once they see Game Pass hit its peak and that, and they think it's worth it, they will push the button if they're not already planning to do it. Because... Or quite often it takes PlayStation quite a while after to follow what Xbox has already did done. So well, it's, they're, let, they're, letting play, they're letting Xbox take the forefront here to try. You, you, you know, if it were, if you you let someone else take the risk, and then you try and capitalize on it, you know, it yeah. makes obvious sense in that regard. Yeah. So the, basically, Xbox is the trendsetters, kind of. <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's, uh, it's in an interesting topic. It's, uh, welcome from the speculation. Welcome back from the dead. Thanks for stopping by. VJ is back, by the way. If, you, if, you... if anyone cares. Of course we care. <laughs> now it's time for How VJ to dive in. Hey? Yeah. What's that? There's time for you to dive into to your dive topic. In on the... I'll, I'll go after Mr. Tushi. <laughs> no, 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 you go first. He's desperate sure? to go. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, uh, just give me a second. Sorry, I'm just trying to put my thing back to go together. That's why I wanted Mr. Tushi to go to let me settle. Put my stuff bits and pieces. I've already spoken. I don't have much to say on this topic, really. It's, they're always going to go. They're always going to always going to rise, aren't they? The prices, but then yeah. you're right. But there are also people. Okay, so you, oh, sorry. Go ahead, stops. So the way that the the gens are going and stuff, all the new informations. It, it, 
implementation of all the new stuff that's coming out and all the new tech they need and so on. So price is always going to rise and so I mean, but and they always they always find other ways of making money as well. So it shouldn't have to go yeah. up too much. Yeah. Um, as as far as I can tell right now from what I've seen is that um, that next gen games that I think that are on PlayStation Four and Five are the same price, right? Over here anyway. Yes. Yeah, so yeah they seen, are. Yeah. In the UK, I, I can't speak as much because I, I don't really jump onto Amazon or a game or anything like that. If you go to Amazon in UK, um, like for example, Valhalla's, I think it's about fifty five pound. And they're both the same. They're both on well, both consoles. They're both the same. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's quite cheap, actually, for for here. Yeah. Yeah. But Amazon can cut the prices, though, can't they? Because we're a big company. Yeah. Yeah. But remember, you've still got the erroneous government tax, right, of twenty percent, which adds a huge whack onto the UK yeah. price, right? So, I mean, so some PS5 games, obviously, I've seen them over here, right? The uh, the new sort of standard set high price of of seventy dollars, but. I think Insipid Ghost said something earlier, but let's be clear, Japan and South Korea have been paying more than $70, I think even up to $84 since the for, for, for console games since before even the beginning of um, of last gen, right? So mm. we've also covered off um, on a previous show the incredible console game prices and console prices, right, of 16-bit and 32-bit consoles back in the mm-hmm. 90s, right? Consoles ranging anything from between two to $500 in games, you know, on the Super Famicom, the Super Nintendo, and the Street Fighter used to be about, you know, 100 quid or something, you know. So, I mean, you could argue several first-party games from Nintendo, and again, we've discussed this. I'm just adding a little background context to everything I'm going to say. So from Nintendo, they, they don't even warrant sometimes $50 price points, let alone a $60 price point, since some are typically completed in under several, under several hours, I would say, and I buy far for me limited in terms of several aspects relating to production values, right? And and we can look at that and analyze that. But yet, they still have a hardcore um, set of fans that will buy the games. And some of those franchises that Nintendo has still sell in in the tens of millions, right, of copies per title, right? Not 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 in not in not even amalgamating, you know, a number of titles. So. And then obviously I've been sort of seeing, you know, a lot of people saying, yeah, Sony may have sold so many consoles, 100 or 115 or whatever that number is right now. But, you know, but their first party games barely penetrate um, out from the outset, you know, five or five or six percent of the total uh, user base. And then over lifetime, maybe 15 percent at the top end. Right. In terms of uh, what they put out in terms of their first party titles. So I think that Sony <clears throat> have looked at a few things. I did calculation on a couple of their on a few of their um, first party titles, and I think it's more like four percent of their install base purchase um, or uh, a new first party release at full price during the launch window, which is typically like two to three months. Sometimes you can stretch it to four, and I know you can already see Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us, right? Uh, Ghost of Tsushima being out for. I think is it five, uh, four months and it sold five million. And last second of second row is also like that, isn't it? That's still quite a high price. Yeah, and Last of Us sold four million in five months, but both were available now at thirty nine ninety nine mm. during during the during the holiday promotion series se- season, right? And 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 that was really key for me. So the c- question is that would three and a half percent penetration not the sort of thing you think you're thinking of mr tushi um <laughs> weren't, <laughs> weren't the label or category or of uh, niche market or segment of the install base and and i think it does three and a half percent to me represents a niche percentage of the, of, of uh, sony's total install base 
And then another question would be uh, dropping, you know, oh, well, you know, Sony's going digital. So if, or if, even if regardless is digital, but then why doesn't Sony just drop their, you know, launch price to $50 instead of 60 and increase their sales potential for a first party title? So, and I've been thinking about that as well. That, and I think the niche segment of gamers, the hardcore gamers, Xbox has them, Nintendo has them, Sony has them, understand that have been in the Sony ecosystem, understand exactly what Sony is offering and represents with its first party games. And I think they are prepared to pay the $70 per title. I touched on Japan. Why? Well, if you, there's some really obscure games out there from some really obscure publishers we've never even heard of, right? And, you know, one of the games, I, I don't know if it was on Game Pass or something. Anyway, I just saw it sort of lurking somewhere on a website, maybe Captain Tsubasa, uh, which is uh, like a football RPG game over there, which none of us will ever play. None of us have probably even heard of. And it's a costly game to make, um, and for a very small segment uh, of the marketplace, uh, over and, and only primarily in Japan, and the people are prepared to pay eighty dollars. Um, so it kind of leads me to believe that yes, Sony do do big marketing. We think these games are huge. Uh, obviously, they cost a huge amounts, but I'm wondering how much money they actually make on on these games, right? And for me games are whether it's indie games or high-end games or games you haven't heard of just the term horses for courses comes to mind uh, over decades nintendo and sony have have shown increased quality and quality uh, of and sorry increased quality and quantity of titles over the lifespan lifespan of the generational hardware and people say sony xbox and nintendo since going digital now save for like millions of dollars um in terms of uh sales margins uh, to retailers they don't have to pay the rep fees you know the logistics that they you know the warehousing they don't that that doesn't need as much and you know, forget about all the DADC manufacturing plants. Those are going to, you know, becoming more and more obsolete, right? Who's buying discs these days? And not forgetting the diminishing secondhand market as as we do transition over to the secondhand market. As far as I understand, you know, you can't resell a digital copy of a game. So I know that, I know this part and I know the argument because I made it myself. So, and I've even broken down on Boom Show exactly almost to within um, dollars, right? How much extra profit per unit there is, uh, on the surface of, of such calculations, right? But um, but for me, it's the biggest issue for Sony, and this is something that you just hit on, uh, uh, removable in terms of well, you know, they could instead of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars here or, or millions of dollars over there, maybe there's a better way, a more practical, maybe a more efficient way of spending those those funds, right? And in terms of creating awareness and 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 you know, obviously we know a lot of their business models that Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft is geared towards um, uh, pre-ordering, right? And but obviously, I think for Sony and especially in Japan, where they're pulling uh, product off of retail and where Xbox games aren't even on retail shelves, you, that you've suddenly then got a lack of retail facings, right? Because typically, you know, our generation, again, I don't know how old everybody is, but you know, we normally go to malls and so on and so. Obviously, we can't because of the pandemic. But prior to that, we would go there, we'd see something on a shelf, and we'd go and buy it, right? And and I think that not having retail facings, not people not being able to physically see your product. I think that some of this marketing activity might actually start costing more and I might have to start doing more, right? I'm not in England, so I don't know how much advertising is going on there between Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo. And over here, I don't really watch any terrestrial TV. So, and production costs since the beginning of last gen have gone up significantly. Given the demand of high quality talent uh, in the games industry, recruitment fees, and salaries, I think, have gone up exponentially. You know, you only have to go look at what Google and the initiative is it, the studio over here in Santa Monica, 
um, you know, amongst EA, Sony's, and Activision Studios, and the money that they are paying to devs in Santa Monica, extrapolate that over, out over a five-year period on a gamble of it on a new IP. Well, you can do the calculations yourself, and you can see where the millions in savings that we think that they are making, you know, via digital delivery, is now having to be spent. Sony are now having, I think having to keep up with very rich players with deep pockets in the industry. And that's without, is Amazon and Google, we're thinking that are gonna probably step in in some sort of shape, way or form, well, Google we know about, but Amazon's the other one, right? Now, I've touched on a few things here, given the restrictions of a podcast and my energy, because I'm, I'm my voice and so on and so forth. But suffice to say, I don't think, the truth is like, you know, never pure or very simple, right? And suffice to say, as I say, 4 million or 5 million copies, even if 70% of those sales are via digital for the publisher or platform holder, need to be sold to recoup marketing infrastructure costs. I remember a report from EA, right, where they were saying, look, unless we're selling 4 or 5 million copies of a game, it just isn't worth our while, you know, over a four-year or five-year investment. Uh, of, of whatever it is, $100 million plus. It just isn't worth it for them, right? So... With more time hunting facts, perhaps the needle shifts either way. I don't know. I, I don't really have the time or the patience probably right now to do that, and no one pays me to do it, obviously. Give, and, but given the historical sales patterns of first-party games and Sony's future uh, and their intent in terms of increasing investment and thus the quality of their first-party games, and we cover this on the show, I think I think I've covered it on a Green Pass gaming show with their next gamer, right, in terms of money having to be put into um into infrastructures and so on and so forth to cater for these new hardware systems, which I think broadly speaking, Sony for me are following sort of like almost like the Nintendo in terms of having their sort of uh, bad, uh, IPs and so on and so forth, but following that kind of investment level, maybe not to the, to that level, but like of Rockstar or CDPR. And CDPR are in a really good position because they can afford to invest because only costing them a third of the development costs of if they were developing that very game over here in, in, in the US, right? But again, you know, it's, it's you know, people, uh, I, you know, will look at this point to Spider-Man, but Spider-Man's done 20 million units and so on and so forth. But it's, but again, how many games do Sony have that don't hit the mark, right? And I mean, I only look at, uh, I only have to look at Death Stranding or Days Gone. And I think that Sony took a gut punch with those two games, right? So they've got to offset the losses of those games as well with the ones that do make money. So... At the end of the day, as far as I see it, you know, I'm always reluctant to pay, you know, full price for a game because sometimes games depreciate in price so quickly. I'm not somebody that has to play the game on day one, right? And let's be honest, you're not forced to pay the $70 to Sony. You can choose to wait um, or you can wait for the prices to come down. And you guys know in the UK how quickly game prices come down so quickly in the UK, right? In the UK market, right? And then you have to, and then another, what was it? God awful, was it anyone? Sorry, that was, that was a poor joke in relation to the, what's that? The game Godfall was it game that came out recently? It was a poor joke. Yeah, very poor. <laughs> I'm definitely going to pick that game up. <laughs> but um, and, and gamers are fickle, and that's the people need a model that keeps them healthy, and they can work hard to deliver what they can. And um, and the same can be said for Game Pass. I think so, right? You're not forced to subscribe to Game Pass, purchase Xbox games, but. At the end of the day, do you do have to accept the quality of content in Game Pass with a lot less complaint? And I'm sorry that um, that will lead to what I call, you know, something called like, you know, familiarity, familiarity sort of breeds contempt slowly. Well, you know, we may well be sort of remodified to slowly accept small incremental, incremental sort of steps towards poorer production, you know, values in terms of quality of content as 
as the shift I think is going to come between where 80% of the people that support uh, you know, the 50 million, 15 million or whatever that number is at the moment in terms of subscribers are hardcore and support the kind of games that we want to play today. But um, I'm looking at, you know, what Thatcher is saying, what Phil is saying, hey, and, and that, that, that shift is, that 80-20 is going to shift, I think, where the 20% become the majority and they are light users and they're a completely demographic and they like different types of content. And then what does that mean for us going forward? And, and if you want to see, you know, how content has shifted, um, just look at Netflix over the last 23 years. That really does give you um, some sort of insight in terms of what's happening. But I have a real, real sort of concern right now that I've been talking for a, for a considerable amount of time. So I'm just wondering if I should just stop there. Hello? Yeah, no, you've... <laughs> no, still here, still here. No, no, you've, you've got a very interesting point, VJ. It, it, it's a very complex subject, though, it is. It's, yeah. it, it's, it, it's not just one answer for it. You know, it's it, there's multiple reasons why companies can do it. And as you're right, it's not like uh, exclusives in general... Even on Xbox, is a minority of the of, of the player base. It, yeah, you know, I mean, you know unless you're on, unless you're on Nintendo. See, see, the thing is, right? See, I'm happy to pay, you know, a hundred dollars for Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy VII, Zelda, even Luigi's Mansion, because they give me exactly what I want from a game. They give me the entertainment. They give, they provide me the engagement that I want. And I've also seen recently, you know, some people judge a game by its length. Oh, look, it's only five hours. It's DLC. It's it's fifty dollars. Oh my God, you're getting completely ripped off. But I take a kind of a philosophical issue with this specific, with these specific people. You know, do we judge the quality or value of a painting based on the size of the canvas in, in habit, right? Yeah. Whether it's realistic, abstract, or pointillism, it's all subjective at the end of the day. Or do yeah. we judge, you know, or do we judge paintings on how popular or beloved a painter was, or the artist's command of color, or simply if a you know if a particular piece of art indeed captures and speaks to us in a way. Uh, we can't begin to describe. Again, you know, how can you judge something like that? This is kind of almost ridiculous, right? And I mean, okay, let's take music for example. We were talking about music earlier, yeah, right? In there for a minute, VJ. Sorry, oh. um, Insipid Ghost has to go now. I'd oh, like okay. to thank you, thank you for coming on, Luke. Much appreciated, mate. And uh, I really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to come and have a chat with us. Oh, it was an absolute pleasure, and uh, I appreciate you rescheduling me because I know I, I ended up double books last week, and you guys are awesome. And I just I had an absolute blast chatting games with you guys, and I hope you'll have me on again. Oh, yes, definitely. Most, most definitely. Do you tell people where they can find you and your amazing podcast you do every week? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you guys can find me on any and all podcast services. Uh, just search the Xbox Expansion Pass, uh, you know, Spotify, iTunes, etc. Uh, and I hope you guys will, will be willing to check that one out for sure. Um, and uh, over on Twitter at Insipid Ghost as well. Thank you, Luke, for coming on. I really enjoyed it. All right, guys, have a great one. Appreciate you guys. See you soon. Yes. Sorry, um, BJ, carry on there. I think I forgot my point now, but it was something to do with music or something like. Yeah, it was basically people judging, judging basically. Uh, oh, this game's only ten hours and fifty quid yeah. on being ripped exactly. off. It, 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 it's quite disrespectful to developers in general, really. That yeah, have put I mean, a lot of work into it. Yeah. So, uh, and you just reminded me there. So, you know, do we judge a song's value, you know, meaning or popularity by its length, or or the lyrics used, uh, the message it's carrying, or the instrument's beat, rhythm, or number of band members or backing vocalists supporting the singer? We don't. You know, right. if it right. if it if it 
touches us, if we if we yearn for it, or if it uh, gives us joy, then then I think it's, it's then there shouldn't be anybody sort of uh, pointing a finger or standing in the way of someone else's enjoyment. No, like Mister Bushi and his Savaloys. Mm, Savaloy. Okay, I'm going to shut up now because I think. What am I seeing now? Ah, uh, you got it. Yeah. Hey, finally. I got it. It's finally I think, wrong. I think VJ, you're you you are you're you're looking at it from a perceived value versus actual value. So if we take on for instance Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, the value you you potentially will be getting out of that game is exceptionally good. If you look at say two K's collection of games which are recycled every year and then pushed out at the top end price you know then we would argue that isn't the case um and i think maybe and again i probably fall into this category here which is why i'm always a bit resistant to price increases is that i guess we fear as you quite rightly put a reduction of quality um, and it's just a, oh, it's £70, the gamers will buy it regardless, which is exactly what a lot of the 2K games kind of pump out, you know. You know, when you see games that have like got the 2019 attribute um, assets still in the game. Yeah, I was about you to know. bring that up, you think, which is a punch there. Oh, well, there you go. You know, stuff like that, when you see that sort of stuff, um, you can kind of fear this. So I suppose in a way, with the price point still at a bit lower, you, I suppose we kind of feel that the game, the developers and publishers have to work hard to ensure that the quality is met. Um, I think you're, you're quite right. It is a quality versus yeah, I think um, I think there's two things that you've got. You've got a community. You've got a generation that don't like waiting. They're very impatient. They want everything on that day. They want to be first. Tushy. Mr. Tushy. No, 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 Mr. Tushy is a gaming connoisseur. <laughs> in my opinion. But even if the price goes up, I'll just point to Newton's law, right? So, and if you're not familiar yeah. with Newton's law, it's what, what goes up must come down. So, but the thing is, I think that Sony have got a very specific business model that the, the audience that they're catering for is so niche. And, um, and I, you know, and I've calculated it myself and I think, you know what, 3.4% is niche, you know, 5 million copies of a game is not a lot, but given the amount of investment that they put in, but they need these staples to drive their key strategy, which is to sell hardware because they believe install hardware tie ratio is where the profits lie. Now that is a traditional model. And I think, uh, I think like you said, removable, that, uh, um, that maybe these price hikes are coming so that when they do introduce their, um, how can I put it? They're a sort of similar esque or to to Game Pass that mm. you know, th that it will fly. And and uh, you know, looking at Microsoft, and someone mentioned this that yeah, they're leading the pack and everything. But remember, you know, in in war or even historically, and uh, even in business wise, if you've been in it for a long time, you know that. If you're leading from the front, then you're providing guidance for those that are behind you. And it's mm -hmm. very, very true and very, very effective. And that are the those are the strategies that Nintendo and Sony are employing because they're Japanese. And one thing they're very good at is, 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 is sitting, observing, 
and uh, contemplating, right, before they move and before they act. You know, they're very conservative. And then you have a US, US companies that are very different in terms of how they approach, how they go about conquering, and what their business um, philosophies are, right? Mm. Yeah, I'm going to shut up now again for a second. Um, no, you're all right. I mean, the problem is, like, Matt, Matt Barnes in chat is saying, exactly, don't release buggy games. But I think we referenced it earlier. It's not yeah. the developer's fault. It's the... A lot of the time, it's the, it's the publisher saying, we need to make money on this now. It's coming out regardless if it's ready. You know? yeah, what that's called, that's what that's called, yeah, what that's called is a point of diminishing returns, right? And, yeah. you know, where sometimes you've got to go with it and then you've just got to deal with, the, deal with it the best you can. And yeah. that's, why they pay, that's why they pay their teams big money for PR and marketing. That's why, you know... And uh, they could take a leaf out of uh, Microsoft's book, right? I mean, I, I, I've been talking to Mr. Tushu for a while. I know I bug him to death, but it's just because I want to get educated, right? And I haven't been in the ecosystem for a considerable amount of time. And when he tells me, hey, look, content is updated, bugs is the fix, you know, you get free content, you know, um, and then there's constant, you know, sort of um, communication with the community and, and they provide them benefits on a consistent basis. Um, and, and, and these are the sort of things that I'm learning that Microsoft do very well that I think Nintendo and Sony should be looking at and uh, looking at how to implement those things because I think for Microsoft it's working a treat and it'll only go, it'll only go forward as more and more people speak about it in, in order to build their brand. Which Historically, is that wasn't always the case. They have had to learn that. You know, and yeah, true. They were very uh, non-transparent. Yeah, it wasn't always the case. They are ten times better than what they previously were. It's it's it feels like a wave uh, at the moment. They 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 get up high and then they come back down again. Then they get up high and again and they come back down again. And it's just you know, it's hard to find a consistency. Whereas you rightly said with Sony, they. They like to know, they contemplate, they know where they're going. It's been a slow, steady progression in terms of uh, where, their, where their end goal is. It, they've got a clear path, and no matter how long it takes, they will slowly get their way, where it does seem with Microsoft it is, let's see what flies the best <laughs> and hope it works. That doesn't work. Okay, we'll try something else. You I know, mean, and I, I can't, I can't sort of attest or sort of counter that. Really, only Mr. Tushi can. I mean, he's been in the ecosystem for 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 twenty years, and uh, I'm just going to keep saying Mr. Tushi as as often and as consistently as I can, just to annoy the indie gamer in the chat. <laughs> maybe maybe you should take it every drink every time you see say my name. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Tushi? Do you think that's a, do you, would that be a a good assertion of Microsoft? It is like a wave of. Or... Oh, really Why am I talking? Up oh, <laughs> Me, mine's gone blank at the moment. Um... Do you feel like when you first started into the generation, in, into the uh, into Xbox, they were very transparent. They were very clear at their goals. Um, I think potentially for the 360, they seem to be. Then oh, it they're, kind they're... of patted out. They were, they were on the ball when the, the um, with the OG Xbox and the um, the 360 regarding the games. They were just throwing them out, weren't they? Mm. They were. Then the problem is they got because um, I was a big. I didn't have the OG Xbox. I had the Xbox 360, and I loved it. And they were on top. And then they got cocky. They hired a, someone called Don Matrix, and he destroyed the Xbox mm -hmm. brand. 
you know. I think the problem I was think it's a bit unfair to put it all on him. I think you know. There's yeah, there's more. I think he was he was the front yeah. man that got it basically. He 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 didn't help, but that's I feel he was the the perfect scapegoat. Um, I think he was pretty much the yes man to the top tier management who really didn't know what they're talking about. Was, which is I anyone believe, who deals with management knows most management are like that. <laughs> yeah, but I believe um, from what I've heard of rumours, I don't know, etc. There was a guy on the on the Microsoft board of directors who did not like Xbox, and all funding was blocked, and that's what I believe a lot of the problems were. Uh, loads of rumours have came through about the, the, I don't know his name but it has been named many times with this certain guy and he, he was once Phil got round the table and the, this guy was removed from Microsoft he was quite powerful, he kept blocking Xbox like he wanted to destroy them you know so as you say it wasn't just him it was people higher up but they're actually part of the board of directors of Microsoft you know, now I, I must. Admit, I always did feel he was more of a yes man than yeah. than someone who was there to innovate. Phil, and again, I'm not being attained to this. He generally feels like this is more feeling than yeah. the knowledge that he he's there to try and get back to where we was. He wants to get back to the legacy they kind of held. Um, and again, he probably he's probably still <laughs> answering to a lot of things, but. It does feel like he's willing to push back at least. Yeah, I mean, he has to. I mean, he, he has to. I, mean, I know Sati Nadella is on board. They say that they are on board for gaming. But although they, they say they're fully on board for gaming, there's only a certain extent. It's not an unlimited budget. Do you know what I mean? There are, you know what I mean? There are certain. Yeah, parameters like you say, VJ. That they can't go to the limit. Can't spend a hundred billion. You know what I mean? You can't go too far. You know. You know. No, but this the the, the you know Bethesda Bethesda deal. I'm sick of hearing that. The minute. best people just keep banging on about it. These games. Oh, I've got no, no, the reason I, I, I the you. reason I bring it up was that yeah. showcases at least the forefront exactly. of they're willing to put. Now, admittedly, as, as VJ says, Sony likes to create talent. Microsoft likes to buy it. I think they're at least willing to put their money where their mouth is. Yeah, well, I, where... I don't think they had a choice, to be honest with you. Well, no, no, that's the problem, isn't it? If if you if if you haven't got a team, or you, you aren't fostering or building up on a regular basis, consistently over years, a development base, what else can you do? You you know you have to kind of then do uh, circumvent circumvent it by buying in talent, and buying in talent will cost you a fortune. So it's you know the shareholders, and let's face it, this is where Microsoft is going to be. The shareholders at the end were like, "Why aren't we making money? We want to make money. Give us back, give us more money." Um, and so they've had someone's had to sit down with them and said, "Look, we are going to have to spend a fortune to get a fortune." You know, it's true. You got to, if you, you know, if you haven't got that 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 base, you got to invest. You, you... When, was, um, when was the last time Bethesda released a really good game? That is a good question. Halo, uh, sorry, Halo. Halo, Fallout Four. Fallout Four. Sorry. When was that? When was that? What, what, what year was that? <laughs> that sixteen was it? What was it? Let's have a look. 
Is it 16? Somewhere around there. I mean, oh, Doom. I'm just getting a bit sick of people on Twitter now. Oh, do you know, because PlayStation brought out this new game, it's going to have a two-year exclusivity. Now, okay. now Xbox must make all their Bethesda games exclusive. Fire back, show people. I don't that's think that's tit the case. That's tit for tat. Tit Get for annoying. Tat. Tit for tat no. doesn't do anything. It doesn't help anybody. Uh, is a two-year deal great? No. Personally, you know that I think game it's... that everyone called a tech demo, where they showed off the Unreal Engine? Well, apparently yeah. that's a real game. He's going to so be exclusive for two years. I, okay, know. so what? Um, to be honest with you, two years, I, I think, to be honest with you, uh, I don't like two years, six months, eight months at a push. But it, what it does say is if that game comes out, we'll get the best version of it. Yeah, because the reason um, why, you know, sorry, the reason why I asked the question, right, they've got three and a half thousand people, right? And I think that leads to something roughly like a, a what is it? Oh, I can't think now. Maybe, what is it, a $500 million burn rate? So a lot of the, maybe even more than that, I'm just being conservative here, right? Because they've got development and publishing. And I don't know when the games are releasing. So a lot of that money, right, that they've paid, maybe even half of it, right, is is due to, um, is to is to the burn rate, right? Uh, uh, sunk cost, right? Capital invested in development that hasn't been recouped. And I think, um, and the rest is goodwill, right? That they're paying for. So they're paying for work in progress and for goodwill. I, I'm not, I haven't got the exact figures, but yeah, a large chunk of that seven and a half billion is directly related to development costs that have already been sunk. That, that would be my take. Mm. Right. Given the last game was out in 2015, big game. Uh, uh, what was it? I just checked. Yeah, 2015 Fallout 4. Well, they've bought other games out uh, recently, and they're like all, all the Doom games that come out and stuff. But yeah, well, that was but that was, but, was it was yeah, it's also it was the publisher, wasn't it? Yeah, ID Software. But still, I mean, it's you know, as you said, it was it was probably it's a good deal. It's like, so <laughs> Doom know. was published by Indie said Doom was published by uh, sorry developed by ID Software. Published, yeah. Published by yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, exclusives. I'm not happy with it personally. You know, I'm the sort of old person who would prefer exclusives to be removed entirely. I would I, love to say, as I think I've mentioned previously, exclusives in my eyes is holding back the industry. It's holding back I, the. I agree because it's like it, it, like in the chat last week, Indy was saying about. A lot of people are missing the point. It's like we're Xbox marketing. It's, it's the Game Pass that they're, they're advertising. That's what the ultimate goal is. It's Game Pass. People are missing the point. Not how many consoles have sold. And like VJ was saying last week, it is Game Pass. And people need to get their brains around this. It's Game Pass. They're not bothered if you buy you know, the ultimate vision is Game Pass. And people don't get it. Yeah, eight point five billion doesn't say that doesn't mean them games will be in Game Pass, but it doesn't mean they make all them them games exclusive because Game Pass is that's the point. It's Game Pass. It's not it console exclusivity. If you ask me, you know. Yeah, I think I think the approach. I mean, I don't know if they will or not. It just depends on exactly what Microsoft are and how bullish they are. But it's like free in Game Pass. Or if you want it elsewhere, pay seventy bucks. <laughs> it's like, and if you want two or three of their exactly. games, Game Pass makes total sense. Mm-hmm. 
Because I don't know what you call it, reverse psychology, sanity. I don't know, you with a name like sanity, yeah. you should know. I agree. Yeah, but I, don't, yeah, I, mean, I would say it's reverse psychology. Yeah, <laughs> and people in the, in Twitter and places like that just don't understand these concepts because it's like it's like you know, do you want a microwavable dinner or here's 27 ingredients to make the exact same thing but you know tastes a hell of a lot better? No, I'll just take the microwavable portion. I just can't be bothered to ask with all this detail, right? And that that's that's the mind. And, and to, but, but to be to be fair, you know, um, be fair. Why should they? understand those aspects if they're if they're just and an, do you know the ins and outs of your microwave distributor who me no. no do you know the ins and outs of your you know your toothbrush maker no, do you know the ins no, and outs no. of these things you know it's it's you know it's yeah, no, I, why I, should they it's a product in their eyes at the end of the day yeah, um, I, I understand what you're saying vj but I, i'm looking if i'm looking from their point of view i'm being a devil's advocate here i agree they should potentially maybe just do a little bit more research but if, if your whole idea is just i'm here to play games yeah you kind of got the mentality is i don't care about the reason I just want the game, <laughs> which is exactly what you said. Yeah, you know? no, no. Yeah. I, I think I think maybe my my um, example maybe have been a bit too diverse. But when you look at it, even from a simpleton's point of view, is seventy dollars if I buy the next two or three games here, or I can pay it for fifteen dollars a month. I can play them all here. So maybe my you know, twenty-seven ingredients uh, of a pork pie and, and uh, saveloy chips <laughs> too complex. But and how a big fat fireworks, but you kind of get the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and again, I said it's probably a prelude to pushing their their own subscription service. It it, it would it wouldn't surprise me. No, um, you know, ramp the prices up. Those who will pay will pay. Those who want day one will still pay day one. No. Those who don't will wait for it to drop. Um, and and then eventually slide in a well. Here's a better deal. You can get these amazing games for a lot less per month. Because it's Mr. coming. T, I know it is. Mr. T said the same thing last week. Said if, if Microsoft announced Cyberpunk or Game Pass in a, in a hypothetical universe tomorrow, um, you know he's fine with it. He's not going to cancel his order. He's still buying the game. I do believe mm -hmm. that if that was to happen, which he probably won't, but I reckon you get a bump of about 10 million subscribers, I do. A bump? Perhaps a bump. A bump no, an a increase bump. of 10, uh, 10 million subs or more. Yeah. Just to play... Just Now, it may only last a month, but some of them may stay in the, in the programme. You've got know. to be very careful using words like Savaloy and bum, especially oh, when... No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, speakers, you, well there is a potential... There is a potential here. Who says... We say it's going. To, we say it won't. Okay, who says they won't bring it later on? Who says when 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 uh, it, the, the lust for this game, the you know fever for this game starts to slow down? They don't. They won't say to CD Projekt Red, you know, we could probably bump those numbers up again if you let us put it on Game Pass. Yeah, you know what, Removable. I I would like to agree with you and. I know it could end up being a pivotal game at some point. Either it's going to sell really well and keep going, and CDPR say no, we're not interested, or Microsoft do lure, you know, dangle a carrot, so to speak. But then, but then I look at games like Yakuza, right, um, which yeah. is a year-old PS4 game that's not in Game Pass. That so many people were kind of thought, hang on, this is wasn't this supposed to be in Game Pass? And then I'm pointing to. Um, oh, I was hoping it was. 
Yeah, no, I was too. But then, and then I point to, and again, Izuka. One of the key ones for me is next year, right? When Sony's exclusivity expires with um, Square, sorry about that, Square Enix uh, with Final Fantasy VII Remake on April the 11th. Uh, you know, I, I would expect it to come to Game Pass. I really hope it does. I want to play it again. But, you know, it's going to be, it's, I don't know how Microsoft is uh, picking and choosing content or how strong their relationships are with certain, with certain, well, I guess Ubisoft might be, you know, the next stack of games coming in. No, I don't know. Well, I suspect, and again, I don't know the boardroom logistics of this, but we assume there is potentially one person going around every studio trying to deal up, draw up a contract. Um, my gut feeling is it isn't like that at all. It's very much a list, and they have a list of games which they want to come to their system, and they have a list of timetables which each of the publishers stroke developers have given them. And then there is probably a price point with the particular contract. So I'll give you an example. Say, for instance, Akuza, um, as you rightly said, maybe there is a particular uh, price upon which they will pass that over to Microsoft in terms of Game Pass, but there is certain requirements that has to be met prior to that to happening. So it could be no, we're not going to do anything for the first year, and to get it on there, here is the requirement. For the second year, that might reduce down a little bit. For the third year, that might actually you know, reduce down even further. Um, and I suspect that's probably more likely to be the case than just one person walking around every single office going... Can you try and get it on our on our system? I suspect it's more along the lines of there is there is tiers. That's the word I'm looking for. Tiers of when these games are available, and then there's someone on the other side in terms of Microsoft going, well, let's weigh this tier up and this cost up versus the returns. You know, um, is the returns going to be as good as the cost for this? Um, and that's probably more likely to be the case than this standard potentially perception of Microsoft ringing up, you know, Square Enix. Oh, that game you're doing. Can you give us it a deal? <laughs> no, no. I, I think, I think, I, I just hope that they're spending our subscription money wisely. That's all along short term, medium term, and long term. I think the only way. The best way, well, there's two tiers of way we can we can probably keep an eye on this, and that will be the games coming through Game Pass. That would probably give us a very good hint of how money is being spent. Mm -hmm. And secondly, how much of it is being put back into studio development in terms of games. They will probably, those two elements, what's coming in and what they're using for studios and development. Um, because in terms of PR, and, my, and again, this is for the other members here. I haven't, in terms of standard at your TV, there is just seems to be less advertisement. It seems to have gone through a different, it seems to go through more social media and online advertisement rather than your standard billboards. I mean, there is some, but it doesn't seem to be as much, or maybe I'm just not noticing it as much. There has been TV adverts, though. 
but it, it is. It, you think about potentially five years ago, it seemed to be much more advertisement that was on terrestrial. Yeah, where now it seems to be a hell of a lot more online. Social media is probably the biggest advertisement uh, aspects of it now. Um, where it used to be a billboards, and again, this is the evolution of of the advertisement industry. I think probably Exwell Pope would probably be the best person to speak this because he's deals with that as part of his day job isn't it really but um yeah i think i think it's just a we're caught in the evolution of gaming advertisement and gaming in general things are rapidly changing and we're just trying to hang on and see what happens yeah i want to get mr mr t's take on it all he's eating a savloy i bet Probably is. Tushi, put the Savloy down and speak into the microphone. He probably thinks it's one and the same. Yeah, but online, <laughs> like Indy said, like online advertising in this day and age, like is more targeted. So it is actually makes more sense in, in putting that money on, on into the internet rather than the traditional sense. Which oh, is, without apps which is, which with, with advertisement, really. website yeah. advertisement. Uh, adverts on your streaming services it is everywhere now you know you pick up a phone you I, I think to be honest with you I did I did a rough guess one time and for I picked up from the moment I picked up my phone my phone for one hour I think I was bombarded through the variety of different social medias with potentially over 500 adverts you know well, I'll tell you what, also, I've probably got a hell of a lot worse since when I did that that look, and that was probably about three or four years ago. YouTube, put the ha- they've put the hammer behind their own service. I've seen that many adverts for YouTube music. I'm getting sick of it. Every bloody video's got a YouTube music advert on it now, nearly. They're ramping that up, don't they? It's their, their, their own adverts. You know, mm-hmm. it's annoying. They shut Google Music down and then, then ramp up YouTube music, you know. Well, it makes perfect sense. It gets you to do what they um, want. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get it. Yet. Which one? Which game? YouTube, YouTube music. Oh. Cool. But now, yeah, they are tailored, tailored, and tailored, and ads are shown on relevant audiences. Now you are right, and they just make more sense online. Just, it's a shame you don't see billboards. Well, what well, we don't? Do we call them billboards we, here? Uh, what do we call them? Mm-hmm. Do we call them? I don't know. We have, we've got one in my town, but I don't know what you call it. Hello. Oh, oh, it was like my microphone weren't working or something. We had it in your mouth, probably. Yeah. It's it, it just stuck in my satellite, I think. <laughs> yes, they are called billboards. Are they? I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your take on it, Mr. Um, Bingo? wanted your take on it. So I, I missed part of it because I was trying to sort out my bloody microphone. <laughs> Tell us about Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Don't spoil it. Uh, no spoilers. No spoilers. Okay, there's a qual- there's a quality mode and a performance mode. I've had it in quality mode to see what it looks like visually, and it runs quite smooth as it is. Um, so far, I'm about two and a half hours in. I'm really impressed with it. It's the world is jam packed, especially when you first go to the open world. Uh, the the car's control was a bit like very similar to a cross between GTA 5 and Watch Dogs 
So it's all right. Mm. The handling is quite good. The, the gunplay feels like Fallout or Outer Worlds. Oh, okay. That's not so you, bad. You've got that that feel, like you know, like like um. Oh, I can't explain really. Uh, it's got that p- impact behind it. Yeah, it's kind of it, it's good. It's got some nice guns in it and stuff. Yes, you can uh, control the size of your penis. It's really funny. It just grows and then it shrivels up and. <laughs> Like in real life, <laughs> so when you go when you go out, when you go out in the cold, it's good. I've, I've enjoyed it so far today. So it's not any the, bugs. So it's not the boogie mess, an unplayable game that some are claiming. I've had. I'm well, obviously I'm running off the internal SSD. Um, as you would on on this on the Series X. I I've had two issues, and the only issues I've had, but I I changed my region to New Zealand, so I'm playing it. In from the future, basically. Mr. So I don't know if there was any patches to come out because it auto updates anyway. So I don't know if it's There's updated two or not. On the 10th is going to be coming out. Two patches. Par- yeah, par- I don't know if the um, new patches come out or not. I don't know. Okay. But um, I learned it, went on it today. I started it this afternoon and it ran brilliant. But the only issue I've had is where the game froze. But it didn't crash the console. It literally just froze for about two, one or two seconds, and then all of a sudden it was like free again. It didn't crash the console. It didn't cause no issues. It was just a little ten seconds. Itch. You can tell this man is used to Series X and not an Xbox One. You can. He's got used to the Series X now. It's it's good. It's some some of the um, missions are challenging though. So what you want though? Buy for money. Fifty quid. Yeah. No, I mean, it sounds like I, can, I can't wait to play it. It's good. I streamed it on Twitch earlier as well. <laughs> you, you I, right I had my highest. I had my highest amount of um, views in one stream. As How well. many people watched you? It's only eleven, but that's that's big for me. I usually get like three or four, maybe. I'm avoiding oh. all streams because I ain't get it till Christmas. So is <laughs> <laughs> someone getting you for Christmas? Yeah, ironically, okay. the missus has got it for Christmas, and I'm and but she won't and, give it to you. No, no. I'm the first. I go. Come on, hand it over. Come on. It's it's it's. And to be fair, with 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 hearing about the upgrades and the patches that's coming, I'm actually kind of. I won't be. Yeah, I'm kind of. That's probably a good thing. You know, um, I'll probably when I first start to open, it'll be a a less buggy, more polished potentially game um you know you know three weeks down the line you know i won't be hitting what everyone else is hitting on this topic sorry go ahead mr sorry um lewis on facebook has messaged me and he sent me a picture of the uh, you know the car in the in the adverts the quadra um it's actually available on forza horizon 4 wow oh okay now that's a good deal having cd project x stuff in forza yeah. Apparently, yeah, it's, it's about six hundred horsepower, it, and it does nearly two hundred miles an hour. So it's it's not a bad car. Well, it's like Insipid Ghost was saying earlier. You, you're starting to see more and more this cross promotional yeah. with Xbox Studios and other games. It, it, it's all good. It is, you know. It's yeah, all it's good. A, I mean, I know it was rumored it was going in there and stuff, but I, I didn't. I didn't expect it to happen. I'm impressed. That is good. It is. Yeah. It's been a good show tonight. Mm. You know, 
We had a specific mm. host on. He was a very good guest. He was. And Great. I'm just disappointed we just haven't talked about Sea of Thieves at all. We did. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk Sea of Thieves if you want. Sorry, guys. We're going. We're going free form at the minute. We are. There's no topics at the minute. So you know. You should do that more often. You should have a free fall. Yeah. Well, next free flowing conversation. Oh yeah. Also, guys, we've got a show Friday. If you want to check it out, we're going to do one on the Game Awards. If you'd like to check it out, at the same mm. time. But apparently, it's four hours long. Is that is that four hours long with the pre-show, or is that four hours long total? Maybe we should do the stream during the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if we do the streams during the show, it, it's it's we'll half eleven at night. Yeah, and we do. We'll be doing a podcast at four in the morning. VJ will be complaining it's late at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mav, you're right. Xbox keys coming out with great additional content for the best games. You're right. I mean, I've only started to get into this CFE's game, and from what I understand that I've only I've I've only touched one percent of the content yeah. in the game, and I'm loving it. But it's a game you can't play with friends. I've played it in the past solo, and it's crap. But with friends, with, with um, friends, it's a, it's, a, it's a completely different experience in gaming. I love it. I yep. do. There it would be better if we had about eight people, though, rather than four. I wish you see. We were talking about it in the stream of animated evil, and it, it might be four people on purpose, so it's more frantic. Mm. Because it would be easy if you get attacked to have six to eight people in your boat. Because you could have, you could have running downstairs to fix the holes and get, and get the water out of the ship, and then if you got four, it makes it harder. See, everyone, you're going to laugh with noobs. What happened last night was we got a chest called 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 the chest of sorrows, not realizing that the chest of sorrows can can sink your boat with water. We sunk without knowing what we did. Got <laughs> we got sunk. So, do not it's pick got like up. A, it's got a curse in it or something. Yeah, and it even filled the little dinghy, the little boat up as well. But I believe yeah. if you can manage to get it to shore to sell it, it's worth a lot of money. So yeah, have a good laugh at that it, one, people. We sunk our own boat by not knowing. <laughs> the worst part was that was that one guy was. It's done. We, we can't save it. It's, the worst part about last night is that one guy was just playing with us for, for hours, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, he? He kept coming for us. This one guy we, and and Killer Crow, he wasn't happy. He got his pen and paper out and he took it. He took his game attack down. <laughs> if I see this game, I see him in the game again. Well, it is a I'm pirate game. So he kept coming back. <laughs> he kept finding us. He did. That's the oh, idea of a pirate game is to try and steal the opponent's loot. Yeah. <laughs> it was just cre- it was creepy because um, there's four of us on this big galleon, but there's, there's one guy on his own. He kept like, you, you, I'll be walking walk to the into like the, the room where like the you got the desk and the bed and stuff, and there's a guy yep. lying down in the corner. I said, I said, I said who's, who's this on the floor? <laughs> and I realized it's not one of ours. I got my gun out and shot him, and he jumped up. <laughs> Attacked me with the sword and then killed me. A veteran, you know, a part, a part uh, of that. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I, I've done that myself. Where I've hidden me on someone's boat for a good <laughs> baby hour and just stabbed a few people. And they're like, where the hell? And there I am just hiding. <laughs> well, there is a particular little area. I won't tell. I'll tell you in, in the DMs, but there is oh, a particular area where you can hide 
and no one will know you are there. It's, uh, it's really interesting because do you remember, Mr. Tushi, uh, we were chasing um, a ship the other day and we were trying to catch up with it. And then all of a sudden someone boarded our ship and we realized someone went overboard, waited for us to pass by, jumped on our ship and started attacking us as a distraction. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Also, they, they seem to be running. The main theme is they seem to run in what I call the captain's uh, room, and they seem to go and sit behind the, the table. Well, I, I, I caught one and I killed him, Mister. Um, I actually killed one of them. <laughs> there is, if, if, if they're a really good veteran, Matt, Matt, there is Matt. a place around there that you can hide and no one will know oh, because no. it's just it is. I, I said I, I've done it before, where you know you you kind of you can be a real git and you basically you wait almost wait till they get to the shore kill everybody yank the booty out and sell it for yourself <laughs> but you have to be a little bit of a git he's saying that six people would work but no more than that because it would not it, there's not enough supply six people maximum would work for a yeah, because you have one in the crow's nest, two or three people on on the actual guns, and two two people, one one steering, one in the crow's nest, you know, one doing the sails, and potentially one sort or one or two people sorting out the below decks as well, or or, or still on on the decks themselves. So six potentially would work a little bit better, um, but then maybe again they've gone for four because as you said they want teams. So you know, four people still could be in a chat. But you've got four people on one side, four people on the other side, and there you go. You know, attack um, each other or coordinate with each other and help it. each other out. I think we we'll have to get you in a match because you will be really good. You're very good at leading as well on horde Who? mode. Mr. Tushy good at leading, leading in um, CFOs, but I reckon you might be good at leading too. I don't lead, no, I don't. But um, <laughs> but no, Mav, yes. He, I missed it, stuff. But did you talk about your Warthog experience? I haven't played that game since. I tried it about sixty times to do the end of Halo One, <laughs> and I was getting angry and angry. And I will go back to it, but I, oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if I can bring myself to do it. Do I, it I, co-op. I, I can. I've had offers, but it feels cheating to me because I could just sit in the Warthog and then do it first time, probably. But it just feels like you're cheating. I want to try and do it myself. You know. I will get there in the end, you know. I will. Welcome, more Stu. And apparently that thing they were talking about, that thing you were talking about, um, removable, is actually a legit um, moving in Sea of Thieves. It's called tucking. Apparently it is, it is something they, that they legitly do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are, there are, there are, there are particular... It's, it's a bit weird, but there are particular little areas on the boat. And if you don't know where to look, you can very well easily stay on the boat and no one will know you're there. Um, and I just, the reason I've, I say this is because I, I've done it myself. <laughs> well, we always a git to myself. Wow. So <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll tell you about it in the DMs, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, but last night, he, he, was, he, he was on the boat, and then we all died. Then he he um, he sank our ship, and then we re- respawned on the ship again. Then he was there again. It was the same guy for like about two about two hours last night. Oh no! Yeah, he got his paper. You could hear him writing. He's writing this guy's <laughs> yeah. game attack down. And he worked worked being you know, malicious, but he says, "If I see this guy on the seas, 
full out war. Well, you can imagine on the other side, it's like he's trolling you. Effectively, he's trolling you. And that's what it is. And he's like, here I am, four people still can't get me. (laughs) For all I know, we could actually be in a YouTube video. Being laughed at, you know. But, yeah. Potentially, well, that's the he that. could be a streamer. Yeah, he could yeah. be. Yeah, very well. You know, um, that's you know, I have I have seen YouTubers do that. You know, where they'll go right. I'm going to go out today. I'm going to find a group oh, of people, and all I'm going to do is troll them. Yeah. I said to uh, Stubbs last night, he's probably watching my Twitch stream because I, I was streaming. He it. could have been. He could have been. <laughs> he could have been watching, <laughs> seeing where we are and what we're doing. But he would have had to have been on the same server, wouldn't he? Yeah. You know, so well if he's on the same, if he's yeah, if he's unless you've got out of the server, dying doesn't get you out of the server. Oh, no, no, no! Once you're in, you you have to quit to get out of the server. Once you're in that server, you're in that server until you quit. So if he's in that server, he just knows you're in that server somewhere. And if you've died quite close to a base. Ten times, I think you're probably going to spawn quite close to the base again. So it's like, oh, it's, you know. But yeah, no, it was definitely fun. But what we were talking about is, they were talking about you can they're making private servers or something or renting servers. I thought if that was possible, a community game for Sea of Thieves warship battle would be awesome. But I don't know if that's possible, you know. You know, loads Basically. of community out on CFEs in one server. That'd be so cool. But I don't know if that'll be a, that could become a reality. I don't know. But if you do, you all want clowns on your side. <laughs> He's very good, from what yeah. I understand. I mean, I'm just Assassin Loop is probably incredible. And Mav, you know, we're just a bunch of noobs. But Rubble Sanity doesn't sound like a noob. I can only moan because it, I, I kind of played the beta and the alpha, and, and then I kind of played a begin. I was there for the beginning for about two or three months um, when it didn't have as much content, and I kind of followed potentially a few YouTubers and I kind of saw what they were doing, and that's how I kind of I found out certain things. Uh, there are the new, the new, the new uh, add-ons and the new DLCs. I'm completely blind of what's happening so you know i just know some tips and tricks uh that's about it when dealing with you know the new content i'm 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 as blind as anyone else i'm really looking forward to getting back on the game i would tonight but it's really late (laughs) you're 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 at work tomorrow aren't you you're all at work he's got cyberpunk tomorrow i bought the death work for it anyway thanks for stopping by everyone it's been a great show as as always and if you want to pop by Friday we're going to do a a little uh, our thoughts on the Game Awards show because it was requested by the panel and we actually have Dreadpool on for that one because he was a bit confused Dreadpool thought he was booked for tonight and he messaged me saying and I said to him it's Friday and I was like Oh, right. And she said, oh, yeah, you did, you did say it was the date. I just didn't say the day. I said the date. And he says, oh. I said, you can come on tonight if you want. No, 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 no. It's my, it's my mistake. I'll come on on Friday. That's be arranged, he said. Well, that, that could be a bit of a problem because you do realise me and last time me and Dredd spoke, it was for a while. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I'm not really. You know, that's not a normal. That's not a normal midweek game. It's more of a reaction show. So yeah. we've, we've got 18 minutes over now, but you know, people seem to be liking it. You can send everyone to a different server, and then when you find a thought to do or something of interest, you can then all join that person in that server. Stubbs. Oh, that's interesting. Ooh. Look into that one. Well, anyway, well, thanks for stopping by, everyone. And I am very impressed. Mr. Tucci and, and uh, Ruble Sanity have, have, have stepped up their game. They, they talk more. <laughs> well done, that. I'm just not as tired oh. today. Oh. You're not being worked, though, eh? You've been hospital. Everything went well at hospital. Yeah, it was all right. I'm sure they'll find out the problem with me soon. Hopefully, it's you'll be, you'll be all right. We spoke off the air with you last time, but I'm sure you're. I have confidence you'll, you'll, you'll be okay. You'll yeah, be I've, okay. I've just gone and brought a bloody never game. Jesus, Tushi. <laughs> I told you, it's really bad. It's called World War One Tannenberg. Oh, I sound familiar. It's, it's, there's two of them in one. I thought, I'd, instead of paying the full price for both of them, I just bought one of them. But it looks good. It's got, got some good reviews anyway. Oh, good to hear. Well, anyway, we yeah. end the show on that. Can you tell people where they can find you, removable scientist? They want to find uh, you? Uh, if, if you're ever interested into anything I say, uh, probably... You, you won't be because I, I talk a lot of crap. Um, I can be found no on. Um, <laughs> I can be found on Twitter under Removal Sanity or um, Mines YouTube and the Xbox platform under the same name. Um, I'm generally on those platforms at the moment. Um, so yeah, feel free to give me a shout or give me a message, and uh, that's where you find me. Thanks, Removable, for coming on. It's been a fun one tonight, it has. Thank you. Um, thanks, for you, VJ, for coming on. Can you tell people where they can find you? Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry I had to disappear earlier, um, Stubbs, and left you in the lurch sort of thing. I'm sure uh, Stanley and Mr. Tupin will up their end, the proverbial ends. Anyway. Um, we understand. When you got to go, you got to go, haven't you? <laughs> that caffeine addiction you've got to keep it mate oh dear it's all that tea <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> but um you can if you really want to find me and have a chat or have a laugh or whatever um just, uh, catch me on um mr tushi's uh saturday community gaming nights uh with friends and so on and so forth um mr tushi uh, maybe you can mention um maybe you can mention what the games are this week yeah, this Saturday at 9pm UK, we'll be um, playing Gears 5 for a couple of hours, then we'll be playing, hopefully, hot, um, hot Shot Racing. Hopefully the servers are working again now. Oh, perfect. Now they've had the new update with the DLC and stuff, so there'll be some new stuff in there, which should be fun. Excellent. And um, on, uh, I think it's next Saturday, I'll be on um, the Indie Gamers podcast, and um, it should be a special fun show. He's been tweeting about it and so on and so forth. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I just think that indie gamers and uh, indie games and what indie gamer bring the indie gamer brings to the community at large um, is is really important. And mm -hmm. uh, who knows, right? Maybe some of these um, critical hits from indie studios, and they may be studios of the future that provide us some uh, really good gaming. Without doubt. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's everything from me, Mr. Stubbs. I'm ready for bed. No, not really. <laughs> 
It's really, wait a minute, what time is it? So, yeah, oh, 12. No, no, I mean, in his time. It, oh, no, I'm, uh, it's 4.30. It's lunchtime for him. Well, you can yeah. go back if you want, VJ. You can more than welcome. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, no, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm just. I'm just downloading Cyberpunk and then playing with uh, Jedi Fallen Order. And um, the Jedi Fallen Order is running a lot better. Well, not running a lot better. I'm able to play it a lot better because I've switched my. I forgot to switch my um, my TV to game mode. So uh, that's helped quite a bit. But anyway, sorry. Uh... That's good to hear. Anyway, right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, Masuku, Indie Gamer, Assassin Looper, Mad Fun Speculation. Michael Monkey Punch was 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 on the old Twitch side because we streaming on Twitch at the same time as well. There was War Stew, Cerebral Paul. Just going up list. There was loads of people who stopped in. Pong Soul, Rob Tanner off off Twitter. Don Dunnett finally came by. I still reign. Uh, back from the dead. Just loads and loads of people stopped by. Thanks for stopping by, everyone. I appreciate it. If you haven't um, subscribed or subscribed already, please wait a minute. Let's hang on. Indie Day on the 19th of this month, on the Indie Gamer podcast, it'd be the Indie Games Awards and Indie Games Quiz on the 19th on the Indie Ooh. Game channel. That sounds very good. That does. Mm. That does sound very Who's good. Who's going to win? I'm going to come last. <laughs> well, I don't know makes what the panel is yet. Makes a change with coming first all the time. I don't know. Maybe in that contest. I just think it was awesome that Indy got allowed to be one of the first people in the world to have um, and share his content off and be live. That it got um, Song of Iron. I think that was amazing for him. Mm. He does. It really deserves it. He does. You know, he works hard. He does. You know, his content. He does his. It's nice to see indie developers reaching out to him to that degree, you know, most definitely. And sorry, Assassin Looper. Just, uh, oh, I missed you there. Sorry, you have been there. Sorry. I swear no, I said it. Sorry about that. <laughs> thanks for stopping by. I'm useless, isn't I? Anyway, thanks for stopping by, everyone, and I will see you all soon. Thank you very much. See ya.